It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the number if you'd like to call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. You can call in and talk about what we're talking about or bring up a new topic. It doesn't matter. That's why it's called Free Talk Live. And that number is 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Nikki. And Tim. Yep, we have Tim here. He's uh, been a long-time listener, and he's my friend in real life, so he came to visit, and he's going to be on the show with us tonight. Welcome, Tim. Thanks. First story I have to cover tonight is about in Minnesota, or not Minnesota, Michigan, there was a city council meeting where an all-Muslim city council voted to ban pride flags in public spaces in the whole city. that's crazy. Which just seems a little bit like a conflict of interest. Yeah. Yeah. And um, lots of shenanigans went down because of that. And it was, it, it's, it's pretty entertaining. I mean, it seems like they wouldn't be able to do that because, I mean, a rainbow flag could mean anything. Like, it's not necessarily a pride flag. So hmm. if I have a rainbow, something rainbow in my yard... How are they going to enforce that and tell me that I can't have that? That's just kind of ridiculous. I hadn't necessarily found out if um, they're banning that specific pride flag with the like triangle on the side. Oh, yeah, of, like the new updated one. Yeah, I hadn't looked at that yet. It could be that, but you're right. If someone just wants to have a rainbow piece of fabric in their yard, they should be able to. I mean, somebody should be able to have any flag they want to have in their own yard. Well, oh, wait, it's about public property, but still, they shouldn't be able to do that. Oh, I was thinking private property. Okay. Yep, yep. It's still weird, though. It's still not right. It's not a religious symbol. I mean, it's crazy. Let's just get into it. A Michigan city with an all-Muslim government has banned LGBTQ plus flags from public areas after a bizarre hours-long meeting that saw displays of passion from both sides. The ham track... That's a weird name. It, no, it's Ham Trampk. City Council meeting took a turn when a woman wearing a clown nose made a speech mocking the council and its majority Muslim. Okay, majority. I thought it was all Muslim population. Oh, wait, no. The council is majority Muslim. I, th- I thought the why? whole council was majority mu- or was all Muslim. But My question is, why is she wearing a clown nose? I think she's calling them clowns she's just, or yeah, saying like, this is clown rude. world. It's kind of clown world. Um, it says, a woman wearing a clown nose made a speech mocking the council and its majority Muslim population before kissing a woman standing next to her on Tuesday night. So obviously, as you can imagine, yeah. a bunch of religious people probably didn't like that. And it was probably hilarious. I just can't believe we're still doing this, right? Like, yeah, this I isn't agree. the 80s anymore where, you know, like, this is... I, I thought we were past this. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, if a straight community like a muslim community says that two lesbians can't kiss why can't a gay community come out and say that two straight people can't kiss because that's offending them i mean i feel like it's a two-way street isn't it yeah absolutely and a lot of people want to talk about grooming like oh disney's grooming kids and they're you know letting gay people kiss in you know children's movies but i so if that is grooming if two gay people kissing is grooming wouldn't it be the same for you know 
to straight people in, in a movie or, you know, like all of the princess movies where they get saved by Prince Charming and fall in love. How is that not grooming? I just, I, I don't see how it's both ways. Yeah. A bunch of masked Nazis didn't come to my elementary school when my fourth grade teacher had her husband come for one day and announced that they, they both announced together that she was pregnant. It was really sweet. Yeah, that's cute. And we all cried because like she was also telling us that she had to quit basically and we yeah. got a new teacher the rest of the year. But anyways, no, you know, Nazis came to take out the groomer who's, yeah. you know, grooming children because, you know, that's pretty heterosexual there. And like, I also want to be clear. I don't think it's necessarily I don't want to insinuate that it's an issue if like a, a straight couple is, you know, kissing in a Disney movie. You know, I, I don't think that's necessarily inappropriate for children to witness, like to a certain extent. But I just don't. I, I just don't really feel like there's anything wrong with children knowing that gay people exist. That, that's what I'm saying, too, to be clear. I'm not saying that somebody should have come and stopped my teacher in that yeah. uh, instance or anything. I don't think grooming is really a thing that these right-wingers think it means. Well, I think a bigger issue is that uh, when two people kiss, I mean, it's just a normal thing that happens. I mean, most kids have seen their parents kiss. It's nothing that's like out of the ordinary i mean even most kids have at one point seen two gay people kiss if not lesbians or whatever you have it i mean i think that uh it's really the parent's responsibility if you don't want your kids seeing that certain type of behavior either in tv in real life that's your own you know parent parental yeah uh choice obviously but it's not really something that you can say again okay um it's not exactly something that. Sorry, it's like if you move right an inch away, we have our producer here trying to. Right on the okay, I mean, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with seeing two kids, I mean, not two kids kiss, two gay people kiss. And what the other thing that you said that's important is that the parents, if that they have a problem with that, it's up to them. I'm sorry, yeah. maybe you don't send your uh, kids to a school where. Like, don't send your kids to a Catholic school if they're going to teach about heterosexuality, if that's your problem. Yeah, and that's a good point. I think a lot of people feel like this is being shoved down their throats, and it's really not. I, I have a lot of, you know, friends that are very religious. Maybe they're, you know, devout Catholic people, and they're, you know, very particular with what they want their children to see. So they, you know, read the books first, or they watch the movies first. They're sure to kind of scan things whatever um, like content that their children are going to watch to make sure that it you know meets their expectations. I don't necessarily think there's something wrong with that, but to try to force the rest of the world to follow your own spiritual or religious beliefs or, you know, it just, that's not how it works. And it, that's exactly right. Because the principle of the thing is don't force other people to do or believe or think what you do. And whether whatever the belief is, it never becomes okay because you have the best, most most right belief. Yeah, just doesn't happen. Um, the woman says the woman who was dressed up as a clown and kissed another woman while giving a speech says, "Sure, many ham track tramp re residents have fled countries where being gay is a death sentence, but nothing says we have to make it comforting and welcome welcoming here." Well, it's a little rude, honestly. Get, getting a little little rude there. While we can't legally discriminate discriminate against LGBTQ people in the United States anymore, 
the city of Hamtrak can say, ew, no, be proud somewhere else, she says. That is... I think one of the um, concerning aspects to what that what you, what you just read is that basically what she's saying is because it's illegal to discriminate, we can't do that, so we can not accept it. Whereas what she's really saying is, well, if it was legal to discriminate against these people, I would absolutely discriminate. So the only thing that's yeah. separating that fine line between discrimination and non-discrimination is that one little tiny piece of legislation. This is the thing. I think everyone should be allowed to discriminate absolutely absolutely 100% against someone else for their race, against someone for their gender, whatever have you. But I don't think that the government should be allowed to. I I, I agree with that. Yeah. I think that that's, they don't have rights. Humans have rights. Says the meeting was so well attended People were listening from the hallways as council members said the pride flag clashed with the beliefs of some members of their faith. See, that's where it comes. That's where the problem comes in, because some people have a faith. And they're members of government. They can't put that aside and, you know, allow other people to think differently. I just think that's crazy. The pride flag isn't a religious symbol. No. And and even if it was like, am I not allowed to have? Well, I guess whatever, because it's um. I, I keep forgetting that this is about public property, but still, I just don't, I don't get why people think that seeing a pride flag is shoving it down their throat. Like, oh, I mean, just Christians, ignore it. Christians all the time in public property wear crosses around their neck. It's not if anyone's complaining about it offending them. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm sure that a Christian like state rep could wear a cross necklace. You but know, I guess in, it, it is duties. different, like having it on their person or wearing something. Because it doesn't sound like this is like prohibiting people from wearing a gay pride shirt or whatever. It seems like they just don't want flags at the town hall yeah, and stuff like that. It specifically says, even though I hadn't brought this up yet in the article, it says in this caption here that it um, she's kissing a woman ne- next to her Tuesday during debate over banning pride flags at public buildings. So I don't know if that means you can't even bring one into a public building or display it on the building. Yeah, I mean, I would think that that meant that you could probably bring one in. I I don't know why. I don't know. It, I guess it's not clear. It says businesses and residents in the Detroit suburb aren't prohibited from displaying a pride flag on their own property. You guys are welcome, Council Member Naeem Choudhury says. But why do you have to have the flag shown on government property to be represented? You're already represented. We already know who you are. That's that just sounds so strange. Like sounds like a vague threat almost or like, oh, yeah, we can tell that you're gay. Hmm. You know, it just sounds like really strange. Says we want to respect the religious rights of our citizens. I just don't get it. Like a pride flag being somewhere downtown isn't inhibiting the religious rights of anybody who's against gay people. I, I just don't get it. In fact, I don't know. I could say that the government existing is, you know, it's not inhibiting my re- religious freedom. Well, it tries to. It kind to. of is. Wait, it kind yeah. of is. Yeah. It absolutely but is. Yeah. They just never play evenly. There's no way to play fair in this game of government because ultimately it's going to be. Not, I keep thinking the word inhibiting my rights. Trampling on someone's rights. That's the best word I can think of right now. She said. We want to respect the religious rights of our our citizens. Hamtrak, population 27,000, is an enclave surrounded by Detroit. More than 40% of residents were born in other countries, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, and a significant share are of 
Yemeni or Bangladeshi descent. Uh, I just don't really get the point of even pointing it out. It's like, it doesn't really matter. Like, if you guys came from another country and it's not okay to be gay there, or you mostly have a religion there where it's not okay to be gay in your religion, it really shouldn't matter. No, it shouldn't because here people are allowed to have, you know, different religions. People are allowed to have different sexual orientations. Like, that is... Not only not against the law here, but it's also kind of socially acceptable. Like people aren't typically, I from what I've seen, um, people aren't really discriminating against LGBTQ plus people that anymore. much anymore as in the past. Like, of course, some people are still getting discriminated against, but it's not nearly as bad as it was in the 80s and before that. And really... The, this could open up the can of worms of like, oh, well, do we want to have a, I don't know, a Christian flag, a Muslim flag, all these religious flags on the government property? Somebody might say that, but at the same time, LGBTQ plus flag isn't a religious flag. So no. I just I just don't get it. I don't it. know. And, and kind of the bottom line is more rules, especially if they're coming from the government, is typically a bad thing. Right. So it just seems dumb to even have to to like have this discussion. <laughs> and even in the the question of doing religious things on pro- public property, I believe that kids should be allowed to pray to whatever gods yeah. they want at pu- public schools and bring bibles there. I mean, well, isn't public property owned by the people? So Well, well it's owned by the government. Well, yeah, yeah but it's what they you want know, you to people think. who pay taxes and fund said government owns that property, so yeah. they should be able to exercise whatever rights they, you know. So and and I think have. that's an important point because they want you to think that it belongs to the public and that's why they call it public, but really it's not. It belongs to the government and you don't really have full rights there. Exactly. Yeah, it says the two women kissing were followed up by Dearborn activist Hassan Aoun who spoke passionately against the pride flag on public property, said, I am a Lebanese person and I support the American flag. We are not going to sit here and tolerate you guys coming and saying, oh, it's pride month. You're gay. No problem. (laughs) He's not going to tolerate that. (laughs) What? And also, uh, and I've heard other people say this. It sounded like he was saying that somehow the pride flag is like anti-American flag. Like you can't have both which isn't necessarily true. And I've seen a lot of conservatives say that as well, where they're like, this is the only pride flag I need. And it's either like a Confederate flag or the American flag. Yeah. I think that during every June, it should be required that all government buildings change their uh, seven stripes to red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet. Just kidding. I don't actually (laughs) mean that. Well, I think it's pretty hypocritical because most of the right wingers and conservatives who are Bible thumpers and believe that, you know, the LGBTQ community isn't, you know, legitimate or anything like that, or they shouldn't be a community. Um, They also believe that America is this glorious land of the free, home of the brave. Well, if it's such the land of the free, why can't people live the lives that they wish? Why do they have to conform to your wishes? That should be their goal when moving here. Exactly. Not, not to change everybody into their religion, but to be able to practice their religion freely and uninhibited. Well, and that's kind of how the conservatives are too, right? They're like, oh yeah, it's you. they want you to have freedom as long as your idea of freedom matches their idea of freedom. 
Exactly. And and a lot of people on both sides are like that, where they're, you know, they talk about freedom and they, you know, human rights, all of these things, but they're only talking about the things that align with their beliefs and what they want to see out of society. Um, and that's very different than wanting freedom for all people, which really means allowing people to do whatever they want to do, whatever makes them happy, as long as it's not harming other people. That same guy, um, I lost his name on here, but the one that said, I'm a Lebanese person. Okay, Hassan Aoun said, don't sit here and throw it down kids' throats, my throat, or anybody's throat. And I just think it's ridiculous. Like, the flag is kind of purposely vague. I mean, if we're talking about just the standard rainbow flag, it's purposely vague. It's not a picture of two men I know, kissing. they, they <laughs> act like there's porn on it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, as if a kid's like, going to look at that. It's, it's a rainbow. Yep. A, a kid's not going to look at that and automatically know what it means. You're going to have to have a conversation with them. And I know that's conservatives' absolute worst fear, having a conversation yeah. with kids about, you know, why are two men holding hands? Or is she a man or a, a woman? Or why are they naked? Yeah. Conservatives. And that's fear. the thing, too. Like, it really could be a simple conversation with the kids. And, you know, we've been going through this with Porkfest about the, you know, uh, nudist people and it's it's really simple if your kid's like oh why is that person naked just because they want to be it's not inherently sexual and i it is kind of a positive learning opportunity but they just turn it into this really negative weird thing when it's not and it's the same thing with just gay people existing a lot of you know homophobic people are turning it into this weird thing that it's not well, I think that stems from uh, the original Puritanist uh, viewpoint of, you know, w- women need to be clothed. Men yeah. need to be clothed. It's wrong to be gay. It's wrong to be lesbian. It's wrong to do these certain things. You have to live to this Christian lifestyle. Yeah. You know, you have to conform to God. Yeah. I think that's where that starts from. Yeah, I think it absolutely does as well. And I mean, just because something makes you uncomfortable doesn't mean that you can trample on other people's rights. Yeah, I agree. The city council did vote unanimously to display only five flags, including the American flag, the Michigan flag, and one that represents the native countries of immigrant residents. Mayor Amer Ghalib made the flag a campaign issue when then-Mayor Karen Majewski flew one on city property in 2021. Mayor Amer... Mayor Amer Ghalib said that the flag or the city would not fly flags that were not related to American or veterans causes. I mean, it also seems kind of weird. So it said that they could um, fly, you know, um, flags of other countries where most of the immigrants were from. It just it seems seem weird. it just seems to weird to be able to do that. And not be able to fly the pride flag. Also, veterans, you know? flags for veterans' causes. Um, killing people is against my religion. <laughs> yeah, but they don't care about that. Yeah, war is totally cool. Kissing people. And, and that's the thing, too. What's, what's really sad is, you know, people being anti-war does seem to be like you're in the minority if you have those beliefs mm-hmm. because no one's really I from what I've heard I've never ever heard of anyone being against you know flying different types of military flags on public government properties yeah that's true I mean it doesn't offend me enough to do something about it like and honestly I don't care what people do 
if you want to be proud of the fact that you were in the military, that's awesome. Do that. I yeah, don't really want private to. Private property for one thing. And I really, I don't care what is going on on the government properties. You know, I don't care what's going on on so-called public property. Yeah, I'd rather them not exist. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's not worth my time to like try to infringe on other people's rights like the people in this article are doing. And you say most people aren't, you know, like religiously anti-war. And that's absolutely true. You're in the minority, like you said, if you're anti-war. But I bet majority, probably everyone you talk to is religiously anti-murder and they just can't put those two things together. Mm -hmm. They can't realize that's a hypocrisy. Well, I don't know that this... Article has said two separate things now, or two contradictory things now, because this uh, little caption under this picture says, some members of the All-Muslim Council said the pride flag clashes with the beliefs of some members of their faith. Businesses and residents aren't prohibited from displaying the pride flag on their own property. And then there's a picture of the guy. Yeah, I just think it's really ridiculous. It's kind of... I He says here, we serve everybody equally with no discrimination and without favoritism? I don't know. It does. I'm having a hard time deciding if this is discrimination or not, because it doesn't sound like they're actually discriminating against them by saying, hey, I don't want a gay flag at the town hall. But it's just like, wh- what is the category that gay flag is in that they can be discriminated against? When other things can't, because like I can see religion, like you're supposed to separate religion and state. If there was like, I don't know, a a statue of Jesus, like a crucifix hanging in a public place, that would be inappropriate. But that's it's just not the same thing when it comes to like a pride flag. Well, I think the biggest issue is that like it's just a flag. It's a it's a piece of cloth with colors on it. I think they're think they're I think they're acting very ridiculous over just that because I mean you take these same people and you burn an American flag look yeah. how crazy they respond mm-hmm. so I mean it's just a color you yeah. know it's just a rainbow. Uh, humans do get very into their symbolism. Yep. Yes, they do. And I also just can't believe him when he says that it's without favoritism because he's obviously favoring Muslims with this decision and they're all Muslims that made the decision. What do you think? Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes to vote on. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the Treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org.
Talk Live, talk radio that you control, 603-283-6160. That number is 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Nikki. And Tim. And we've been talking about a Michigan town that their all-Muslim city council voted to ban pride flags in public areas. In New Hampshire, we have some um, news coming up next about, also about public areas. It's kind of tied in. Um, Cop blockers, which, do you know what, you guys know what a cop blocker is? Yes. Somebody that goes and films cops. We have several of them that do it as basically their job in New Hampshire. They also call themselves First Amendment auditors, and they go into... Either if a cop is arresting someone, that's when they would really be a cop blocker. But they can also just go into city hall, courthouse, any public area and, you know, audit their ability to use their First Amendment to walk around and uh, film things. That's basically the main thing. And also be able to get information, like put in a FOIA request, things like that. Um, And city workers in New Hampshire... I don't know about the entire United States, but uh, I meant to say state workers, like government workers in New Hampshire. They have to let you film them because there is a actual amendment to the New Hampshire Constitution. I, I want to say it's eight. And it says that every government member has to be transparent and open uh, for the public. And some cop blockers are going to storm the uh, the state capitol this month, so we'll get into that. But in other news about public property, we have a story of some kids skateboarding, but they didn't have a license, so the cops came in and arrested, I think you said, 80 children? Yeah, more than 100 people were charged, including 81 children. So this uh, was in San Francisco. Do you want me to get into the article? Or are oh, we yeah, just sorry. teasing it? Nope. Okay. So um, as a San Francisco skateboarding event erupts into a massive, uh, massive melee? I don't know. Melee? I don't know. I don't know what that means, what they're using that word to melee? mean. Anyways, um, basically the cops are saying that a riot erupted. As cops were cracking down on annual gatherings. So it sounds like they do this every year. Uh, I don't know Hmm. exactly what they're celebrating or if it's a memorial of some sort, but it seems pretty harmless. Children um, and maybe other, you know, young adults skateboarding down a hill in San Francisco doesn't really sound like that needs to turn into a riot. But let's see. So San Francisco police shut down an annual skateboarding event that erupted into chaos, arresting 32 adults, inciting 81 minors in the Mission District July 8th. Hundreds gathered near Dolores Street to take part in Dolores Hill Bomb, a popular annual skateboarding event where people ride down a large hill. Officers issued a mass arrest of the crowd at 8.35 p.m. The majority were minors. Cops seized multiple firearms, hmm. unigniting fireworks and narcotic 
uh, and narcotics and paraphernalia. So this is all just like a money grab to be able to go, yeah, I bet those skateboarders have some drugs and maybe even guns. Let's go arrest them and get a bunch of revenue for the town. Uh, and I, this is also a great example of how well gun control works because I'm assuming it is so hard to get a firearm in San Francisco but somehow they were confiscated. So how are people getting firearms? Wait, aren't, aren't if, drugs illegal as well? Yeah, yeah and drugs. So how are people even getting these things if they're illegal? Well, you know, that's a War on drugs doesn't work, and the war on guns will not either. Exactly. So chaos erupted in the Mission District of San Francisco, where more than 100 people, mostly minors, were arrested. Um, officers described the event as unpermitted and non-sanctioned as <laughs> and one that has previously taken over streets and caused mass property damage. Hmm. Um, well, the individuals who damage property should be punished. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with like them hosting this event, and I definitely don't think that they should need any sort of permission from the state, but... Um, I, it's San Francisco's a weird place because it kind of gets the the like hippie sort of vibe, especially since like that's where the Grateful Dead's from and you know Haight Ashbury Street. But then there's like people like there's a wide homeless population and people are pooping in the street and it's just it seems to be a mess. Tons of um stores like big name stores like yeah. Nordstrom are closing down because they say like every day at the same time people just come in with big trash bags fill it up with merchandise and walk right out because and they're allowed to right yeah well, so the, the workers are not allowed to stop them exactly. so. so that pretty much means they're allowed to if, yep. they, if no one's going to do anything about it so it seems like there's just this a lot of crime going on in San Francisco so I, I you know I want to say yeah these kids should be able to do this but why does this need you know like this could be a fun harmless event why does it need to like why do they need to destroy private property and well i also think that this is typical government uh you know just a couple you know 80 something kids wanting to have fun skateboard their uh skateboard down a hill you know it's just an event that they're doing i mean if some property gets damaged you know they should be held responsible for that but ultimately, I mean, it's just them having fun. Yeah. I mean, you don't need a bunch of government officials and police people coming over and arresting kids, you know, charging them with narcotics yeah. and, you know, illegal firearm possession, all these other charges that could potentially ruin their life yeah. or ruin, you know, the career that they would be going after, ruin their um, any job possibilities. So are you suspecting that maybe this is, you know, as far as this article goes, this is really the cops blowing this way out of proportion? They're like, oh, there was fireworks and guns and drugs. And really, it just wasn't. I mean, it's that possible. Big of a deal. Yeah, I hadn't even heard you uh, say that there was any allegation that there was property damage this year. It's not like they came and broke up some kind of a riot. It seems more like they came and broke up a gathering and then... Yeah, they were like, oh, just in case. Yep. In the past, this happened, so now you're not allowed to do it because you didn't get a permit. And for all we know, the people who did it last year weren't necessarily involved with the meeting. I mean, cops are just going to say whatever they want to um, give themselves a reason for their actions. Yeah. So footage from the Saturday event shows large crowds cheering as children and adults uh, furiously rolled down uh, the steep descent. 
some flying off their boards and oh. hitting the pavement only to get back up and do it again, which is pretty typical of skateboarding. <laughs> um, the annual event quickly descended into chaos as reports of vandalism, illegal fireworks, gunfire, and violence erupted, causing riot police to storm the gathering. As if that's going to help things. Yeah. I mean, illegal fireworks, that just means some firecrackers happened and San Francisco's mad about yeah, it. Yeah, some kid had a Roman candle and now they have to go shoot them over it. Yep. Um, let's see. Videos of a significant police presence as officers dressed in full riot gear navigated the street and made arrests surfaced from the gathering. Children vandalized a light rail vehicle with graffiti and screaming F the police emerged as footage showed the large crowd quickly dispersed as cops closed in. So it it wasn't like they were chanting F the police until the police came in full riot gear and started harassing them. Right. You know, typical. I mean, it's when in a situation where something that, you know, something does not need to be escalated to that extent. What do the police do? They arrive in full yeah. riot gear, acting like they just came out of Fallujah, yeah. and they scare these kids, yeah. you know, and it just completely takes the situation somewhere that it doesn't need to go. Even and just being in riot gear is like a threat in itself. Yeah. You have the guns, yeah. and you're legally allowed to use them. Yeah. And I mean, we've even seen it in the 60s with the anti-war protests where there'd be like, a, you know, that famous picture of the girl holding a flower out to the cop and he's like pointing a rifle in her face. Oh my God. You know, so like this is this is typical of police and this has been going on for a very, very long time. Um, so the article continues saying a pair of young adults pretending to use their skateboards as guns in others jeering and laughing at police were also common themes among the countless videos and pictures that surfaced that there's literally nothing wrong with that skateboarding you're, yeah I mean, like you're allowed to pretend whatever you want i don't think that a police officer is really mistaking a skateboard for a gun so i don't think they're yeah. endangering anybody and also it's like well you're they're pointing the, the police i mean are pointing actual loaded firearms at people so please tell me more about how you're threatened by a child with a skateboard well Well, that's the classic government approach rules for thee but not for me yeah i would just say it would be an unwise thing to do to pretend you're pointing a gun at a cop ever not saying it should be illegal i just wouldn't do it yeah i mean yeah it's definitely a dumb thing but they're also like teenagers you know like they're just trying to have fun and then the cops come to harass them so they're going to harass the police back. And yeah. I think probably more, it's not a smart thing to do because we know the police have habits of shooting innocent people. And saying they thought that he had a gun. Yeah. So, like, obviously it's not a very smart or wise thing to do. But I do think that more people should. You know, when the police are harassing you, don't just roll over and take it. Stand up for yourself. Yeah. You know? Um, so the uh, we already went through that. San Francisco Police Chief Bill Scott said that this behavior will not be tolerated, thinking responding officers at Saturday's event. So they're doubling down on their decision to harass teenagers. This behavior will not be tolerated in our city, and I thank our officers for taking action to hold those accountable who brazenly engaged in reckless and dangerous behavior and violated the law. Oh, my God. Thankfully, there were no serious injuries. He tweeted in the wake of the event. So if they had been permitted, would any of this have happened? I think that was the thing. Like, they just needed to ask permission. There were probably too many people gathered. I'm assuming if over 100 people were arrested, there were, 
you know, several hundred people here. I'm not really familiar with this street in San Francisco, so I don't know how big of an area. Um, I mean, it could be annoying if you live there and there's a bunch of teenagers skateboarding and kind of causing a ruckus, but it just doesn't... You don't get to control who is on the street in front of your house. Yeah, exactly. Um, Officers noticed noted they first received reports of fireworks being set off in vandalism near Cumberland and Dolores streets at 615. Officers responded to the area and assisted residents in accessing their homes because they were afraid for their safety, said police. So these people are scared to go to their house because there's a firecracker going off. So what do they do? They call a guy, a goon, with a gun. That doesn't make any sense to, to come me. near the like, house. Can you uh, come shoot my me? dog, please? There's exactly. some there's some teenagers shooting off Roman candles. Can you just, you know, come uh, physically assault them for me and arrest them? And that's the thing. No one was accused of like shooting a firework at a person. It's just the fact that they probably have some kind of time frame where they're not allowed to use uh, fireworks in California. Because, I mean, I know they have a lot of. Um, wildfires, but it's not like fireworks are the number one cause of wildfires. I think it's ridiculous that they're well, illegal. Well, it probably is illegal to set them off. No, that's, that is... what it, that's what they said. They said they had illegal fireworks. Yeah. It's not like because they were harming people with I them. I know in a lot of states you aren't allowed to just set fireworks off. Especially in certain time periods. Yeah. In the western states it's a lot of, you know, the summer because there's fire hazards. Well, it really just sounds like the the issue isn't these kids setting off fireworks or the issue isn't these kids actually harming people or causing any damage. The issue is that they're being disobedient. Right. Yeah. They're not listening to the government rules, so. That's exactly it. That that's why they use the word unsanctioned. Yep. So at 7:10 p.m., an officer attempting to assist a resident entering their home was approached by a 16-year-old boy who allegedly spat in his face. I mean, that's if if that's true, that's not really cool. I don't think you should, you know, aggress on people. Um, I, I I completely understand like being an angsty teenager, and I completely understand not liking the police. But um, I mean, if that is the truth of the matter, then that's. Well, I, I mean, that doesn't I mean, sound like the whole story. No, I don't think so either. I'm sure that right. there's more to that story, but I mean, if that is exactly what happened, I mean, the kid did assault him. Yeah. So. Um, When the officer tried to detain the boy, a 15-year-old girl allegedly tried to interfere and the officer received, in quotes, lacerations to his face, whatever that means. Nice. Maybe she was scratching his face or something or hitting with something. Yeah. Yeah. uh, And it, I just, I've never seen anyone able to like, especially a 15-year-old girl really attack an officer because they're going to tase you or something. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just have a little bit of a hard time believing some of the details. Mm, is this the story same story with the riot gear? Yeah. So how did he? So he got lacerations on his face through the riot gear. Hmm. Um. They didn't say that this, this particular different? officer. He might have just been a regular city cop. Okay. Um. I don't know if he was a, a member of the SWAT team, but it did say earlier in the um article that they. Arrived wearing riot gear, but that might have this might be before the riot gear people came. I think they said something about that happening at eight o'clock. I can't really say and that I blame this is the kind girl. of because even if the boys spat in the officer's face, is that a level of aggression that's that warrants kidnapping? Should she no. have been able no. to 
um, you know, stop her friend potentially from being kidnapped. Yeah, I think, you know, she didn't do anything. And wrong. also, like, there are a very long series of events spanning decades that led up to this point of disrest. So obviously, you know, they've there's a reason why people don't like the police. Absolutely. You know, so there are. Yeah, maybe that particular officer in the moment didn't do anything to warrant any sort of physical assault. Um, But there is, you know, a very long history of police brutality. And as we point out on the show a lot, if you are a police officer, you are accepting the jo- a job with the description of harassing people, enforcing unjust laws, and, you know, that kind of does, I don't think it warrants physical assaults, but it does, I don't even want to say makes them a bad people, but kind of. I, I think mean, it definitely makes you a bad person. At least you're doing, you're agreeing to accept money to do bad things. It's like, yep. what's the difference between like being in a gang I mean, the only difference is that some gangs might actually just be gangs that don't do anything to harm other people. They might just be, I I don't know, I don't know all gangs, but there could be gangs out there who don't kill people and just want to sell drugs. I don't know. But I think the description, your job description as a police officer, you have to be harming people. You, You are agreeing to enforce all laws. There's nowhere in the United States that there are no unjust laws. Yeah, and I and I think... A lot of people, including police officers themselves, kind of like to justify this role as saying like, oh, well, you know, I, I helped this little girl cross the street or whatever. Well, I think though, I think a police officer will pretty much convince himself of anything to yeah. make himself sleep better. At so night. and that's the thing, right? So it's like, well, I did these few things right. So I am, you know, allowed, even though I had to do all of these horrible things. At least I helped a couple of people, and I think um, a lot of people use that. Like, oh, what if a crackhead breaks into your house? A lot of con- the back the blue people will use that excuse. So who are you going to call when you know when you need help? I would literally call anyone before I would call the police. I would call my friends. I would have the means to defend myself, and you know, I don't want to be a helpless person that needs to call the state every time they need help. I want to be able to defend myself and to have a community of people who I can actually trust. Because when I call nine one one, I have no clue who's going to show up to help me. It could be some crazed maniac. They could come here and you know, like assault me, or you know, like that's the thing. So determine that you're crazy and. Uh, kidnap you exactly so like why would you call some random strangers just because they wear a badge and you know they failed out of high school and that's why i think that the free state project joining the free state project and moving to new hampshire is the first step towards just taking personal responsibility like you're saying i want to join a community where i already have that covered like i would literally call if my husband wasn't around and I had to call someone, I'd call your husband next door yeah. before I would call a stranger who I expect to work for me for, for, you know, you know, he works for me. He's a cop, right? No, I, I'm not that dumb one. And two, I've taken the, you know, personal responsibility to live al- among people who respect me and respect my rights. And we agreed to do the same. Yeah. And also who's gonna, if you need help immediately, Who's coming first, your neighbor or a cop? Yep. 
So, so the the article continues to say during their arrest, the crowd began to throw ignited fireworks, smoke bombs, glass bottles, and metal cans at officers. Both teens were detained and arrested, and the boy was taken to the hospital for an injury that was not released. So we don't know what the injury is. Hmm. So five minutes later, at 7.15 p.m., officers made a verbal announcement for the crowd to leave the area since the unlawful assembly had become began to turn violent. Police said people continued to light fireworks in Dolores Park, Sparkling, sparking fires that saw the San Francisco Fire Department. That was weirdly phrased. Sparking fires that saw the San Francisco Fire Department called to the area before the park was closed and people quickly dispersed from the area. Well, you know, don't be irresponsible with fireworks, but it's also pretty base that they kept doing it. After the cops told them to leave. (laughs) Just 20 minutes later, police responded to reports of a gunshot at 18th and Church Streets, where an occupied MUNI light rail vehicle was stopped in its tracks due to large crowds. I don't know. What is a light rail vehicle? Do we know? Yeah, I don't know. Is that like the trolley or something? I don't know. Hmm. It sounds like it might be a a trolley, like some sort of public transportation. I was thinking light, like the color, or, you know, like light, but I I might be light, like not heavy. Yeah, they mentioned it earlier in the article, and I kind of just brushed by it, but I didn't really know what it meant then. Um, officers said they saw the light rail vehicle being vandalized and multiple people allegedly climbed on top of it. A second MUNI vehicle also reported also reportedly vandalized at 17th and Church Streets and crowds remained in the area. Well, I gotta say, one thing that could stop things like this from happening to begin with could be just to give kids more important things to be doing. Like, let kids not have to go to school until they're 18 and allow them to work. Yeah, I mean, and like, so there's a picture here as I'm looking at this article and the description is, one kid was seen going down the hill with her scooter wearing a unicorn helmet. So it's like this like little, uh, she looks like about to be six or seven years old and she's riding down with her dad and he's on a skateboard. So this does seem like it could have been you know, a very fun, wholesome event. And again, I don't know what they're celebrating. I don't know if it's a memorial. I don't know if it's just a fun thing that they like to do. Like everybody that likes to skateboard and ride bikes and whatever, like we're all going to come storm this hill. Like it does seem like it could be a fun thing. And I don't necessarily think that people doing drugs there or lighting off fireworks is a bad thing. Um, again, it does kind of suck for the people that live there and they're like trying to get home and there's all this commotion. But well, sorry. how is that different than having um, a parade? It's not. You know what I mean? So, like, the the state can have all sorts of parades for Thanksgiving yep. and in, like, different holidays that you may or may not celebrate. But why... You shouldn't live on the steepest, coolest skateboarding hill in, yeah. in town. Well, I think, like, the biggest difference is, like, that the state is claiming is that... Exactly, uh, yeah. It was permitted. Yeah, it's approved. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, at 8-12, a group of 200 skaters began removing police barricades at 18th and Dolores Streets, and a group of people stopped the third MUNI light rail and vandalized it. Okay, this is getting repetitive about the vandalization. We can assume that they vandalized multiple light rail rail vehicles. One thing is I never heard throughout the whole article so far any accusations that there was vandalism or violence before the cops showed up. Yeah, it was just there was an assumption because previously, you know, years past there was. 
So they assumed that there was going to be. I mean, we don't even know that that violence or vandalism didn't happen before the cops showed up last year. Yeah. Or and also, I don't think the police being there would warrant vandalism. Of- okay, yeah, it wouldn't warrant vandalism. But, I mean, a police being there trying to kidnap someone does warrant his face getting scratched. What do you think? It's 603-283-6160 if you want to call in with your thoughts. 603-283-6160. Coming up, should kids be allowed to drop out of high school? It's Free Talk Live. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church.shiresociety.com. It's Free Talk Live, which is talk radio that you control. You can call in at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And bring up whatever you want to talk about or comment on whatever we're talking about. In the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie, Nikki, and Tim. And let's just go right into the phones. We have Sarah. Calling us from New Mexico. Sarah, what's on your mind? Oh, yes. I, I wanted to talk about our most exciting criminals of Albuquerque. Um, yes, they, so they stole that bait car and and then... Um, a bait car? A bait car. Yeah, they're a, they're a trick car hmm. to uh, lure in the... Oh, okay. So this was a setup already. All right. Yeah, the setup, and he was running away, and um, I guess they were. He finally found out, and then they had a drone that was following him. We have a drone now. That's a new technology, and and he was actually shooting at the drone. So this is our very. Where's the cop show when we need one? You know what I mean? (laughs) We need cops in our town. Well, no, I said cop show. Yeah, remember yeah. That Albuquerque? That's what I meant too. Yeah, I, I'm sure they've been to Albuquerque. Like a... I know. I'm gonna. I'm well, actually gonna do that. Uh, uh, look up cops Albuquerque. Oh New yeah, Mexico I bet it, it would be probably episodes. pretty wild. I'm sure they've been to Albuquerque, Sarah. But uh, so was this drone just supposed to follow him and figure out where he went from there? Uh, I I guess so because. Uh, 
I I guess they're supposed to find um, where they were because um, um, before um, the call was supposed to just lock up and lock them in or something like that. Or, oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I or yeah or, or just uh, and, um, they have a remote control, so they would just stop the car. And, oh my god, that's re- that sounds really dangerous. Yeah, Sarah. That. Well, I did it. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I was gonna say you're probably right because they, they would probably if they realized it was a bait car or something and they tried to run away. It's not like they can outrun the drone. The cops can just show up wherever they are. I don't know if this is necessarily a good use of, you know, the people of Albuquerque's money. It's like, was he gonna steal a car if the bait car wasn't there? Maybe they made yeah, it really it was- obviously. It is kind of weird. It's that's it's almost like I, I guess this is a little different, but like dropping a hundred dollars on the floor, and then when someone picks it up and puts it in their pocket, telling them that they're a bad person and mm. that they're stealing from you know, it's like it's it's just whenever in the, the same thing with the the drug bust setups and stuff like that. It's just it seems like a complete waste of time because why are we trying to if somebody's breaking the law, then w- whatever address it then, but why are we creating situations for people to break the law. It seems like the opposite of what the cops would want to be doing. Well, no, because they have to justify their existence. If they can bust a bunch of people and they can say, okay, well, this is why you need us. Well, the thing is, I'm I'm in favor of it, of all of this, but it's a good thing that it's a robocop. I mean, because if if he gets killed, you just have to get out, fix another drone and and fly it out. I don't like the live officers being shot at and getting hurt and killed. That's why I'm all for the automated robocops, you know? I mean, Um, I'm glad that someone didn't get killed in this instance, but I'm not all for the automated robocops. Like, if they're coming out with robots that can actually go at people, detain people, and um, shoot people, are you for that, Sarah? No, but I, I like the technology of being able to, I mean, there's a person watching the videos on the drone. I mean, they're flying the drones because they have cameras and there's an actual person yeah, yeah. that we, is flying drone. drone. I, I think the, the drone isn't as big of a deal, but my question was, what if in the future the police departments start having robots, you know, shaped like humans that can walk around there's, you know, a person watching from the eyes of the robot in a remote location, something like that, and the cops can just go around doing the things they normally do without any risk of getting shot, and they can actually arrest people or shoot them if they're being bad. Would you agree with that, Sarah? Well, I mean, if it's done in a, a civil manner, I think that it is okay for them to do that. It's an extremely dangerous situation where they they could only send out a robot i think that they're working on that you know what i mean because they i i've heard yeah yeah they are working on it because it's a person can't really go in there i for some reason um i you know so that but so but i mean but not to hurt and kill somebody that's not the point it's just that it's better to send out a robot you know if there's a high possibility of of danger but I, I mean, I'm all in support of, you know, done it, you know, in a, in a um, you know, well, Sarah, um, cops, you know, ethical manner. Cops claim they have to kill people all the time. So if it, if it was just a robot doing everything that cops do today 
and they had to shoot someone. They quote unquote had to shoot someone because that person was speeding recklessly or whatever, passing red light cameras left and right. I just don't think that's okay. I, I think that if someone wants to get into a job where they have the quote unquote quote authority to kill people for being bad, they should at least have their actual skin, their physical skin in the game if they're going to go after people using guns. And also, typically, it's the cops themselves that are putting themselves into this these into situations, danger. you know? And, and the thing is, like, should we have robot pizza delivery men that are armed? Because that's a, a more dangerous job than cops anyway, statistically. I don't know. Thanks uh, for your call, Sarah. All right, thank you. I think we can agree that I don't know what I think really about is it a good good use of their money because it's a little different than a um you know a, f- a fake drug dealer trying to get someone to money launder. I I think that maybe you can argue that if there's a car s- sitting on the side of the road and someone tries to drive away with it, they were looking for a car to steal. Yeah, exactly. That's not, yeah, and I do agree with that point. It is a little bit different than picking up money on the ground or buying drugs or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm not all for robot cops. I think that's utterly crazy I and think, basically c- terrifying. Yeah, I think the biggest difference between like what they're doing in this instance and every other instance is that like, you know, if a guy goes does go down the street and does steal someone's car, there is a victim in that. So, I mean... Technically, it would be a crime. But that's the thing. Like, why do we need to bait people? If someone's already stealing cars, then just arrest them while they're stealing a car. You know what I mean? I guess if they, maybe it'll be easier to catch them, but. Yeah, they have to try harder at their job. I was going to say, exactly. That's the whole point. They are not good at catching people doing crimes. They're not good at showing up the as soon as they possibly can to catch someone in the act when, when you call the cops that your car is being stolen. They only come and do a report after the fact. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to the next caller. We have Jet. Jet, what is on your mind? Well, there's probably a lot on my mind, but only a couple of things I want to share. It's, it's actually time to play again, Say No Gov. Now, I've been thinking about this thing. You know, they're on the wall there. I don't know if you still have it or not. I used to, or Mark put up a series of words Yep, we have it. That is alternatives. Yep, it says don't say government. Is the word oppressor up there? I think it's written in. No, actually, I don't see it. Maybe over there? Yeah, I don't see it, but that's a good one. So basically what he's describing is on the wall in the studio here, we have a piece of paper on three parts of the walls that say don't say government. It doesn't mean you can never say government, but try to get into the habit of saying government people or goons, tyrants. specific, yeah. Thieves, despots, yeah, parasites. More about who who it is that's actually transgressing upon your rights. That kind of thing. Um, so I'm I'm taking the position that there are really only two types of people living on this planet, and that is one oppressors and the oppressed. Now, um, Ernie Hancock puts it this way: He says there are those who wish to be left alone, and those who just won't leave them alone. Right. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to moving up to the Northwest again here and uh, finding myself a civil rights lawyer for and what? getting involved in this First Amendment auditor thing. I've, I've gathered all the equipment and I've done a lot of study 
on it, so I f- believe I could handle myself pretty well. But um, he's... Uh, these people are kind of making some good money, and I thought I'd like to get in on that. <laughs> wow, I don't know any First Amendment auditors that make really good money from it necessarily, but I only know the ones in New Hampshire. But I think that'd be really great if you did that. I mean, that's I consider that more of a public service, something that like melts my heart so much more than you know the quote-unquote public service that the parasites give us. Yeah, I know. I um. I have to say I'm very obviously very anti-government, and that's that's kind of interesting coming from my background, which was of course I was pulled into the military very early. I I served in two different branches, um, and uh, one part you know was having to deal with in the police, military police, and um, other other state offices and other federal government agencies, that kind of thing. But I I just came to the place where I, I just saw too much corruption and too much abuse. Right. There's, I mean, so we could say abusers, oppressors and abusers, because that's what they are. Um, there is nothing, well, the way I, the way I say it is these beasters <laughs> are just other flesh and blood humans who have no more right to do anything than you or that you or I may not do. I mean, I believe that all humans are equal. Have the and same rights. Yeah, and the same same place in the Declaration of Independence for this country itself. It says that that they're all created equal. I don't see how they can become anything but equal at that point. So, no one else has any right to lay down rules upon you, except with the one exception maybe of a parent over their children as they're growing up. But prior to that, unless you consent to those rules, like in an employment situation, um, you can't just automatically, because of your existence, uh, be subject to rules and rulers who will um, get violent with you if you dare disagree with their opinion. It's... um, it's just an amazing thing that we've come up to in this world where we have uh, nearly 200 co- countries, what we call countries. And each one of these countries has their own set of rules, their own dictators, their own um, capitals. And, and I mean, look at, look at the United States. They, too, each state has its own capital, its own police force, its own colors, its own rules and laws. That are that may be different from other states, and I think that's just insane that the general population accepts this condition of oppression as the norm. I mean, if people are into that, they should be able to to have those services, right? But I, I do think it should be a voluntary thing. Like, it's not fair for me just because I was born in the United States that I have to be oppressed by the government. And I think that Larkin Rose said this. He said, how do these people claim to get the authority that they have? We know that just one person doesn't have the authority to do these things that the government, aka the parasites, do to another person. But yet when they get into a group, somehow magically, 
they gain authority that they, rights that they never had before. And there is a lot of overstep that's happening, and I think that's where, or the reason for a lot of the division among the media, how they're trying to divide the population, very apparently, I mean, all of the big stories that are going on, all the, the gay flags, gay pride stuff, and, you know, there's there's all these things that are happening in the media, and they're all intentionally to divide people, because we outnumber them, and we are a lot stronger together, well, and you'll find that most human beings have more in common than they do different, so, I mean, you know, all of that, I believe, is very intentional to keep those in power in power. I want to mention this, this magical thing that happens. Here's the logic of that. If you do not have any right power to make rules over another individual, and if they, your neighbor, let's say, has no right or authority to make rules over you, you cannot go out and find somebody, put, put them in special costumes, um, give them special titles, and somehow magically, through the powers of sorcery, give them rights and privileges that you yourself do not have. And somehow we've got to get that message out there because that's the one message that will change the world. As long as people begin thinking that, you know what, these are just other people. There's, there's, they have no right to do what they do unless I can do that also. I, I agree. We all have the same rights. The, the only thing I would say differently is I don't believe that our rights come from the Constitution. If anything, is a great thing to point to to show their hypocrisy. Like you're swearing an oath to the Constitution and it says something totally different than what you're doing every day. But I believe that humans' rights are inherent from uh, the state of being born, being a human. Absolutely. Well, yeah, you, you cannot give somebody gold if all you have is silver. Well, please let us know, Jet, if you do end up uh, getting into First Amendment auditing. That'd be great to hear. And thank you for the call. Oh, it's probably good. It's probably going to happen. Thank you. All right. That's good. I mean, I think more people should be doing work like that. You I know, I, it's it's a really good form of activism, um, and it's something that I do believe could make a difference. Sometimes you'll see like some activism that it's like it's. It doesn't really accomplish much, so it's nice to be able to do things that are actually, you know, accomplishing something and putting, I mean, because we're in the day and age where internet is a huge thing, so being able to, like, get video footage and, you know, put it on TikTok or whatever popular um, platforms there are so the average person can go and see this and learn, I mean, that is that is huge. Because a lot of the times... People are just regular drones, uh, NPCs, normies, until a cop aggresses against them. Then they can see, oh, maybe cops aren't actually this magical fairy tale, uh, you know, good guy group that I've always believed that they were. Like, look, how, how do they have the right to do this to me? And then they start asking all these other questions. You don't necessarily need to go through something to learn from from. From the situation because you can watch or read um, something that happened to somebody else and learn from their situation. Yeah, I tend to agree, though. I um, I would agree that um, the unfortunately, the majority of people, they the reason that they come along with anarchistic or libertarian viewpoints is because of real real life incidents and um, scenarios that they've had to deal with, you know, with their personal lives. For me, it really was that it was cops 
uh, you know, bringing charges against me that were really crazy. And I found out afterwards, like, all my rights they didn't, uh, you know, respect the whole time. And after that is when I started seeing all these videos online of, like, cops shooting people and stuff. And honestly, I don't know. I, I don't know. If I had seen one of those videos before it happened to me, before I started looking into, like, how to know your rights when dealing with cops, blah, blah, blah. Would I have felt the same way? Would I have been able to, uh, you know, put myself in the other person's shoes as well? Or would I have started making excuses like, well, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet? I I don't really know the answer to that question, but it's better than not ever seeing it at all. Like, it's just swept under the rugs if cops are violent to people or if cops are, uh, you know, not doing their jobs. You know, because it's not just cops. It's also First Amendment auditing could be going and uh, filming people in a courthouse that are Mm -hmm. supposed to be. Uh, open and transparent and and yet they're not la- allowing you to uh, film and then they start showing their true colors really immediately because they get all offended that you want to film them you're just a plebe what do you think you're doing in my office even though it's supposed to be a public area well i'm sure a lot of those people don't even know the actual law you know they don't realize they're just like i they're just you know going back to the fact that we're all just human beings they're just at work being a human being and they don't want someone to record them. I can I can understand that. But the fact of the matter is, you know, you're an agent of the state. You took that and job. you took that job. But they don't even really understand what the like the job entails and like what the law is. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the times it does seem like that. They really do believe that they have a right to not be filmed at work. And they absolutely don't, at least in New Hampshire. I yeah. don't know if it's like that everywhere. And I Definitely don't think it's like that in like D.C. with the federal goons. Um, but yeah. Well, a lot of courthouses, you're not even allowed to bring in like a phone or a camera. They just they're not allowed. And, and that's what's important about the Free State Project being in New Hampshire is because people have already kind of broken down the cops at this point. Like the the cops, you're less like I think believe that you're less likely to get pulled over with like a bunch of Free State paraphernalia on your car. Maybe yeah, because they don't want to deal with it, and they I don't think that deal might being be filmed. Yeah, that might be true, and they don't. I mean, when you when you see some of the you know Free State libertarian anarchist symbolism, it you know sends a message. This person knows their rights, right? And it's going to be a lot harder for me to ticket them and to harass them and they're going to put up some sort of fight whether if it's you know going back and forth during the actual ticket um which isn't obviously always a great idea or taking it to court like they don't want to have to show up at court and do all of the things yeah they they want the low hanging fruit exactly so well like you aforementioned earlier Nikki um fortunately with the times that we live in with internet um, more videos are coming up onto online where you know younger generations or even older generations can see the um, errors that society makes, especially within the governmental system. And you can see the corruption, and you can see the police brutalities, and you can see all these wrongdoings that are going on. Whereas before, a lot of people were blindsided. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we do live in this age of technology, which which is also kind of an age of an abundance of knowledge. I mean, we can literally go on the computer and look up anything. And obviously you have to be careful with what you're believing and kind of, you know, sift through things. But, um, it's almost like not that ignorance is unacceptable, but if, if someone is really dumb and ignorant and they just want to like not learn anything, it's kind of like maybe previously it's like, Oh, well they don't have the resources 
pretty much everyone has the resources nowadays. And that's what I say about the military and the cops. Like, I understand somebody joining the military in the 80s, somebody becoming a police officer in the 80s, uh, saying, well, we just didn't, uh, I, I just joined it because I just really felt like I was doing something good for humanity. Like, I wanted to stop the bad guys. I wanted to not let America get... Uh, attacked by bad guys but i just can't take that excuse anymore with the internet how easy it is to figure out like if you're going to be taking a job where you have a gun and they give you the authority to kill people at least do a little research figure out what why they're going to war in iraq before you like uh decide to enlist and go to war in iraq and kill people what do you think uh 603-283-6160 this is free talk live Talk Live, talk radio that you control, 603-283-6160 is the phone number if you'd like to get get on the line with us and talk about whatever you want to talk about, 603-283-6160. And in the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie, Nikki, and Tim. And I want to tell you about Dash, which is digital cash. And I want to tell you that this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash. Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and has implemented really cool features to ensure it is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the market. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning or start by learning more at dash.com. Big thanks to Dash, uh, the Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. Dash.org. Let's go straight into the phones. We have Frank. Frank, you're on the, uh, on the line with us, on the air with us. Hi, everybody. How are you tonight? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. So the reason I called in is because I saw Ian's message. I tuned in on Monday night, which is one of my favorite nights because uh, Mark's on the show. And I like the, I like the bickering sometimes between y'all. Yeah. So anyway, and it wasn't on. It was some other person doing a show, a fine job. And then I looked on the, the next night. I talked about it at work the next day. And wow, I was really disappointed. I, I listened to the show. Uh, I live by myself, and it just gives me something to think about. So I, I listen to a lot of talk radio, to be honest with you. And I listen to you guys every night for at least an hour or so. And then I came home Tuesday night, turned it on about 8 o'clock, and same thing. And so then I jumped on your website and read the message and was like gut punch, to be honest with you, total gut punch. And I felt bad, but I, I totally got what he was saying about the show has gotten stale, as in you get the same, you know, base 10 callers or something every night. There's the angry guy in Arizona about the judge. Yep. <clears throat> There's that gay, 
that lady that loves speed cameras and you know there's the the guy that talks like good morning or good afternoon my brother area and oh all that. yeah <laughs> so ricky ricky is what usually gets me to go all right i'm done so anyway oh i goodness. felt real bad and i felt self-conscious about it. i listen to talk radio all the time and i've never bothered to call in because i just figured you know nobody needs to hear from me but now i felt bad so i'm calling it to say i think your show is excellent i really hope that you'll reconsider not phasing it out completely or, or not phasing it out at all. And I would encourage other people listening to please call in. There's interesting topics. You guys are open to talking about anything, and I just don't want to see it go away. So well, that's all I really had to say. Um, I appreciate what you do. And if you do decide not to do this anymore, I mean, that's I mean, that's okay for you to do. That's, that's not, not really, on the table. Yeah. No, it's, the Free Talk Live's not going anywhere. And thank you for your uh, call, Frank. But Free Talk Live isn't going anywhere. There are just going to be less live nights a week and the decision is a lot based on the fact that the callers have gotten stale sometimes ian tells me stories that sound like a wonderland from being on the radio in like 2006 it sounds so fun like people would call in just like hey man me and my girlfriend broke up what do you think about this like that sounds fun to me just like people would call in constantly you wouldn't have you'd have choices between callers all night and i think um radio was just in general not only free talk live but talk radio in general was a little bit more lively you know people didn't have bluetooth in their car and people when they were driving they listened to radio at work you listen to radio this was like a time you know before we had you know constant access to like spotify and you know all of the podcast like now podcasts are huge so um I I totally do believe that it used to be way more lively and a little bit more fun. Um and this is a way for us to stay on the radio and all those stations without having to do a live show every single night because I mean for one thing Ian is on the show 6 nights a week and I uh you know I can't even understand. I I can't believe the amount of dedication he has to free talk live oh yeah absolutely but i also just can't blame him for kind of running out of steam i mean how how many things have you done every night of your life for 20 years or at least six nights of your life a week for 20 years there have been plenty of times that he's been on seven days a week for long stretches of time yeah i remember so right after the raid um captain filled in and he had a stretch I, I, I can't um, exactly. It, it was something like 13 days, like, yep. uh, you know, close to two weeks where Captain, you know, d- hosted the show first chair every single night because, you know, it was kind of we didn't have Ian Nobody. and we didn't have Aria. So it was kind of like topsy turvy. We had a, you know, a little pieced together cast, but we made it work and we still ran the show every night. Um, but even after that, it seemed like he was pretty pretty uh exhausted just from having to like deal with that and obviously all of the other things that the aftermath of the raid you know presented yep and uh i can understand where the calling caller is coming from um for one thing this monday i fully intended to be on the show with mark and ian and he was just started telling tim yeah so tonight we're doing something a little different we're not and he swears that he told me that it was happening this soon but he didn't. He didn't tell me. And I was completely believing that I was I had no clue that like he and Mark already talked about possibly doing this, talking mm-hmm. about um, changing to having some pre-recorded shows from other people. It's going to be Good Morning Liberty. They do a show, uh, but now they're going to call it. I can't remember off the top of my head, but something other than Good Morning Liberty, because it's going to be at 7 p.m. Um yeah, it's not good night, Liberty. I don't. I don't remember. Um, good, good evening. <laughs> no, but um, and then 
some other people, I, I don't know if they've all been announced, so maybe I shouldn't say. But um, yeah, I, I understand where the caller is coming from. I told Ian that if I was just a listener still and this happened, I'd probably be pretty upset. But the thing is, it's just I think the caller situation is a big deal. It's not that there's anything wrong with the callers we have, but it's just that they're the only ones. I mean, I, I meet so many people every pork fest. Uh, I meet, you know, tons of people that come up and say like, listen, I love your show. I listen every night. And it just makes me wonder why don't they ever call in? Because, I mean, I know lots of people are uh, busy, but it's just like, you don't, I don't know. I just don't understand because that's kind of the point of the show and it's getting boring to Ian. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't really, I, I don't think, really blame that. I think that. I if- mean, we have, I have, I, I can't really speak for everybody that does this show, but I have tons of fun doing the show. Yep. You know, and I have funds on uh, Wednesday nights and also like Sunday. We have so much fun on Sunday and it is kind of we do drive the show with the content we bring in, you know. um, But then, I mean, Sunday, like we get tons of callers and, you know, some some of them are boring. You get tons of callers on, you know, Saturday, too. But it's also just uh, I, I mean, like. I think it's just the doing it six days a week thing. Like, yeah, you're not going to have a good thing to talk about every day. And if, if that's what you're feeling, I think that I would rather somebody do a show two weeks when they've had, you know, a whole week to think of things and just uh, be like, oh, I'm excited to do the show this weekend instead of making, you know, not making. No one's making you do it. But instead of having a show host who isn't actually excited to do it. It's just, you know, it's not going to end up as good of a show. And the other thing is that those, uh, you know, I don't think that anyone wants to listen to the same three callers every night. Yeah. But we do have some other phone uh, people on the, on the line. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name, caller? Hey, good evening. It's Adam calling tonight. Adam, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Toronto, Canada, unfortunately. Oh, Boy. I almost joined you folks down there in 2014. I really wanted to join that Free State Project, uh, but I decided to keep my heels cool here in Canada. Boy, did I make a mistake. But, uh, yeah, they're actually they're going to be banning a lot of natural medications soon. Have you heard about this? Um, I had a story, um, and maybe it's not going to be an actual ban. The, the FDA doesn't have the ability to ban it, but I have a story tonight about some more backwards or you know other roundabout ways that governments are going to try to keep banning kratom and that's a natural medicine that i don't think should be banned what do you have adam no absolutely not it seems like it's a natural product and you can't really regulate nature um, but this is a whole problem i have a neighbor of mine see she's been seeing people for her her bipolar and of course i would never use a name on the radio but this is a personal story i've got to share because i found that this this stuff these, these doctors are not allowed to talk about. They all lose their licenses if they talk about how to medicate their patients naturally. So I, I actually found uh, this, this podcast is talking about this stuff called True Hope Empower Plus. I'm not trying to do an ad read here. I'm sorry. I've got no money. I pay if I could. But no, this, that's all right. I'm uh, interested in this, so definitely right on, continue. Thanks, ladies. So this stuff, it's incredibly, apparently, for 20 years they've been telling this stuff to people with BPD, manic depressive, and all that kind of stuff, and it, they say it's better than their meds. But the doctors can't say that their patients say that. They have to wait for their patients to figure it out. They're like, hmm. you see the problem. It's the same thing with the COVID. It's, they just keep doing this to us, tying so, our hands. And that's why Free Talk Live is so important to me, because you guys know how to actually approach these things. So what, what is it? What exactly is this product that you're talking about? Just a bunch of vitamins. It's a multivitamin. 
Okay. It's all about brain health. It's not about hacking the brain and trying to get it to do something different like all of these drug designers want to sell their products for. It's just about getting God's work to get done better. So it's, I'll read the bottle, vitamin A, C, D, E, B1, B2, B3. It just goes on and on like that. Yeah, so it's literally just a multivitamin. I mean, that's really interesting. I, I'm wondering what makes this multivitamin different than other multivitamins? Well... I mean, they're all done for certain reasons, but the, the whole thrust of this conversation that I want to engender is that it's, it doesn't start with a problem. It, it, brain health is more like a cycle. People look at nature as if it's something to be, something you go in and out of, but you're always part of nature. Doctors are, are really the people you have to learn to, uh, to go in and out of and sort of put them on the back burner when you need to, but you're always part of nature. Your brain is always going to be using vitamins and minerals. It wasn't built to use Abilify or Ritalin or Xanax. It was built to use vitamin D, A, B, and C. And maybe those pills will enable your brain to use vitamins better, but what if it just had them? All of these people out there were talking about how these pills got them off of their medication, which had side effects and was mismarketed to them and was sold to schizophrenics and then extended to bipolar and, oh, maybe it can be better for people whose medications aren't working enough. It's a depressive. People say that it's a, a depression amplifier, that this pill is something you can use if your antidepressants aren't working well enough. Just slap this on top of it and see what happens. Well, why wouldn't you try that with a vitamin? What's the harm in trying that with a vitamin? Yeah, and I mean, I think it's... A lot of disease, I mean, the roots of the word disease is literally dis-ease. So it's your body coming out of its natural rhythm. And I think, you know, so we, we look at, uh, or modern medicine at least, looks at disease and mental illness with all of these sets of symptoms. And they don't really get to the root cause of the issue. Like, why is this person experiencing depression? Why is this person, you know, whatever um, physical ailments of disease, they're not trying to figure out the root cause of it, which could be things like gut health, living an unnatural life, stress, work, um, not getting enough sleep. Like, there's a bunch of things that can can add to this dis-ease of the body. Um, and I, I think, you know, maybe like having you taking more vitamins and certain supplements can definitely help with that. But, yeah, it's just unfortunate that people are being fed all of these pills with nasty side effects. And sometimes, you know, it, it could even make their issues worse or give them different issues. Well, the doctors are getting richer and richer. Yeah, all these kickbacks and stuff like this. And the pharmaceutical um, companies. Yeah, absolutely. And but, it's just really sad that it seems like, you know, if you go to a naturopath or a functional doctor that can actually help you get to the root of um, of these issues, it's just like, oh, well, they're just a quack and that doesn't actually work. And, and, it, and it's sad because I, I work in healthcare. I'm a nurse. And sometimes people will say, hey, you know, I wish I could get I wish there was something better, like with all of this um, new technology and developments in medicine like there should be something better than like um you know all these medications i'm taking and i want to be like hey like here's a whole slew of like natural recommendations i can give you but then it it's just it's it's hard for me because then it feels like i don't know i might get in trouble or i mean you can't tell you know, your patient, oh, well, if you just take some, you know, some magic mushrooms or if you just fix your gut health, like they'll either look at you like you're crazy 
or I'm going to get fired. You know what I mean? So it, it, it can just be tricky right, to right. kind it's of like... It's hard to understand yeah. your patients in that way. You have to interact with a patient in more than one space, more than just the clinic. You have to know your patient better than just a patient-doctor relationship to understand how they're going to respond to that. So yeah. the and also just like, aspect of medicine is important. A lot of times you need to know more about them like in their lifestyle in order to really be able to heal them. So if you give them something and it doesn't react well with them, you could probably get in trouble. And that's not really... I don't think that's really what, uh, you know, doctors should be... I don't think they should have all those laws around them where they can't just tell somebody, like, you know, try this natural solution without getting in trouble. Because there's all types of things. Like, if you claim a thing and about a medicine, you can go to prison for it. Yeah. Unless it's been approved by the FDA. And also, I think, like, a big piece of it is people have gotten used to, like, that instant gratification. And if you truly want to heal yourself of... Whatever ailments you have, it is a long journey and it's difficult. I mean, you have to start incorporating exercise. Maybe you have to quit your job and, you know, you might have to rearrange your entire life, um, change your diet completely. It is it can be very hard work for a lot of people in some people. It's either not worth it for them or like not everybody wants to. Some people, it's just easier to take a pill and go have the surgery and it seems like that's what a lot of people want, or maybe they're not ready for true health. Um, so it's something that can't be pushed on people. Like, they need to be ready for it, and it's just... Sometimes I feel like I'm wasting my breath when I They've tell certain people They've already been brainwashed. This. Like, you have yeah, to go like, to a doctor. You have yeah. to get chemotherapy for this, or for cancer, stuff like that. Like, actually, the other day, I found a woman also in Canada. I don't think Toronto, but her name's Lynn Farrow. And she had been healthy her whole life, um, you know, and then she suddenly got really tired all the time and she had to quit her job just from being tired. And then she got diagnosed with breast cancer and she had a doctor that was brave enough, probably not actually allowed to do this, but she had a, she went to doctor and doctor and doctor and she didn't, you know, want to accept that she had breast cancer, which I think is an important part about healing is like, don't ex- not, ex- not accept that you have breast cancer, but don't accept that you're situation is hopeless ever because your mm-hmm. brain is so powerful yeah, absolutely and a doctor was brave enough to tell her like maybe you're low in iodine and so she did all this research she found that people are largely like really deficient in iodine and it's a thing that's imp- absolutely vital for for your body um you see it on the salt it says it's a vital nutrient for humans to have but actually she found out that those salt the the salt that we have people think that's enough but the salt, I mean, the containers basically, like, make the iodine evaporate out of them before they get to your shelf. Oh, it's not, I didn't hear that. It's not really bioavailable anyway. So she healed herself by kind of just, like, overdosing, not overdosing, but, like, mega dosing iodine for wow. a while. And, and she healed herself of breast cancer. And she has a That's book amazing. called The Iodine Crisis about it. But uh, anything else you want to add, Adam? No, that's that's incredible story. That those are the reasons Ian is trying to do this whole Shire Society thing, and so we can have people who are actually able to speak freely to each other the way the Constitution originally intended. And thanks for holding up the flag, ladies. Have a good night. Thank you so much. You have a good night. Absolutely. That was a great call. That was awesome. We were just talking about how we needed a good call, and then yep. Adam calls in with a, I know, really a good topic. That. Yeah. It's always just like it's encouraging whenever somebody calls in. They appreciate the show. They have similar yeah. uh, beliefs as us, and they bring up an awesome topic. Um, another good caller we have is Tim in Florida. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your on your mind? Oh, I'm, 
I'm not that good, but uh, <laughs> hey, the Monday night show. So I got to agree with Ian uh, to a point. And uh, I listened to the Monday night show and the Tuesday night show. And at first I was disappointed. Uh, I was confused. I was scared. But then I gave it a chance. And uh, Ernie Hancock has a great show. Yes, very, it's very Ernie Hancock, of course. Thank you. And I think, I think it's great that he's on. I think it's great that we found a way to get Ernest Hancock on the radio or Ernie Hancock on the radio. And uh, these other fellows on Tuesday also are really great. And look, you know, I don't need to call in seven nights a week and really neither does anybody else. I think a lot of us do this for therapy. And the reality is when I listen to every other radio show, I don't give a crap about other people's opinions. I enjoy listening to Sarah. I enjoy listening to Ricky, but at the same time, and I enjoy listening to myself, but, uh, at the same time, that's not necessarily bringing revenue, and it's not necessarily uh, keeping the radio affiliate. So, so, yeah, this is a great opportunity, and I think, you know, if you want to bring in a couple more shows, you know, may, maybe do four shows a night where you give Free Talk Live a break. But I don't want to see Free Talk Live go away. Don't get me wrong. It won't. It's not going away. Well, thank you so much for that uh, call. Tim, I think Ernie Hancock is a... A great show host and also these people good morning liberty i've i've heard them on uh they're on lrn which is lrn.fm is ian's uh radio network uh internet radio network and i've heard good morning liberty on whenever the it's like like i have an internet radio thing they can play in my kitchen and they're really entertaining they're actually really funny they live in tennessee uh but they're libertarians so i i have a question i'm wondering if you know the answer to this bonnie so um ernie uh what is this freedoms phoenix was he previously not on the radio? That was just like a podcast sort of deal? I wonder if that when the caller said it's good to get uh, Ernie on the radio. I'm really not sure. Yeah, I didn't really think of that before. Um, I know he's on um, LRN.FM and I know he's on One Great Work Network, which is also an internet radio. Yeah, but that's more like internet stuff, yep. not necessarily like FM radio. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe he used to be if he's not now. But either way, Ernie, Hancock, uh, Annie, Ernie Hancock's show is great. Uh, he's the... Freedom is the answer. What's the question, guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. So I think that's cool. And it, it is cool for um, like this this new format to kind of give like other shows a chance, like those spots, you know, yep. so um, get people that wouldn't otherwise have heard them speaking. Yep. Uh, they're great. Ernie was on the show just maybe like two months ago, an episode with Ian and Jay Noon. But uh, one thing I think that is keeping people from being able to think for themselves in terms of basically what we're talking about with Adam, people who just think, oh, well, I have to go to a doctor and get this specific pharmaceutical. It's what modern science has decided is the only way to heal me. I, I have to take this every day because otherwise I will be sick. I have this disease, blah, blah, blah. I think one reason that people uh, think that way is public schools, even from the time Mm -hmm. they are little. And this article I have from the American Spectator is called Let Kids Drop Out. Why Compulsory Education Harms Even the Most Gifted Students. And it's a radical proposition for educational freedom. I love it already. Yep, I agree. It says, long after students have returned to in-person learning from COVID, grim headlines still depict the educational hit that students took during the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Um, to, for example, a Stanford economist recently predicted that the learning loss for students whose schools shifted to virtual learning will cost them $70,000 in lifetime earnings. It says they'll cost the average student about 50, or 5%. I, I read the article before. It'll cost the average student about 5% of their lifetime how do they, earnings. How do they even know that? How- it, it's just... Um, I think that they, I, I, I have the article, so we could get into it if you want, but they basically looked at how far these kids are behind the, the other kids their age normally would be. Yeah, I just don't know if that necessarily like correlates with like salary later on in life. It's just like an on average thing. Yeah, so. yeah, and I, and I know I'm just being very skeptical because I know people that dropped out of high school that like didn't have any sort of formal education that make way more money than I do, and I have a, a few degrees. But do they <laughs> like Some of the to richest learn? people on the planet currently are actually high school dropouts. Bill yeah. Gates was a high school dropout and a college dropout. Yeah. Um, Steve Jobs was a college mm-hmm. dropout. Um, Albert Einstein, one of the most, uh, most brilliant men to ever you know exist on the planet, um, he was not only a college, uh, high school dropout, he dropped out at 15, but he was actually kicked out of school because they thought that he was dual-witted. So, I mean, I wouldn't really say that, you know, just because you drop out of high school, you're not going to, you know, come to anything. But the thing is, those people you mentioned, were they really just the average American, you know, kid, elementary school student? Because I I feel like most American elementary school students, if they learn, you know, they just got to do school online now, they're probably going to be like, yay, more video game time. Well, and I did... I I have noticed that there are a lot of kids and students that have fallen way behind because of COVID. And it's, yeah. It's really sad. I mean, I I feel like it's worse than anything that would have happened to them if they caught COVID. What do you think? 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. that you control 603-283-6160 that's the number you can call to bring up whatever is on your mind 603-283-6160 in the studio with you tonight it's me bonnie nikki and tim and first thing i want to do is thank the amplifier for tonight named ryan walsh ryan walsh is a silver level amplifier and if you don't know what an amplifier is, that is a person who gives money to our AMPS program. A-M-P-S dot freetalklive.com if you want to join. Thank you so much to Ryan Walsh for being a amplifier. We were talking before the break about this article about why we should let kids drop out. And um, in the in the break, we're giving each other kind of our own stories about how bad public school is. And actually, both of you guys graduated early compared to me. I didn't have any kind of option to graduate early, but uh, 
I don't see you guys being like dumber than the average person for like, you know, not that you dropped out. I know you didn't drop out, but you know, hurrying up and finishing high school. I mean, if anything, Tim being 19 is like the most uh, like mature 19 year old I know. I don't even think that. Yeah, I, I think that like public school having to be forced to stay in public school kind of stunts people. Yeah, and I, I kind of, I understand, like, wanting young children to be able to have a chance at education. So, like, and that's kind of why the whole purpose of public school, right? So all of these kids can have a chance to, to go to school and the, the idea behind forcing it on them is so their parents can't, don't have the option to just, like, not educate them. And and it, it seems like it could be a very good positive thing. But I think especially once kids get into high school, it's like at 14 years old, when I went to my guidance counselor and I was like, I'm miserable here. I am literally depressed and suicidal. I'm not learning anything. This is a terrible environment for me. I feel like I'm in a prison. When I told my guidance counselor that, they were like, well, you can't um, drop out t- without your parents you know, signing off on it until you're 18 so and and she did tell me about the dual enrollment program so I could go to college and take college level courses and finish up high school in that way but but it was just crazy that it's like well I know you're like really like being in this environment is not well for your you know mental well-being but it was just kind of like well there's nothing you can do about it so well I think that's kind of a given because if you take you know a bunch of kids who don't want to go to school who don't want to learn and you go you stick them into like this commune like this compound yeah where they can't leave they can't do what they want i mean you're going to have issues yeah and forget if somebody's getting bullied or doesn't get along with the kids there and i, I just think at like 14 years old if you've decided that you don't want to go to school anymore that i there shouldn't be any law against you know i 14 year olds should be able to go out and get a job yeah. It's kind of ridiculous that there's, you know, they, they can't even get a job until they're 16 years old. I mean, I was mature enough at 14 to have a job and I, I really, really wanted a job. And like the second I turned 16 and I could get a job, I went out and got one. And like Jesus, like if somebody drops out of high school, they're 14 and they realize, oh, no, I have a lot of stuff I wish I would have learned. You have the Internet now. You can learn basically anything. And you can go get your GED. You can go, uh, you know, and then maybe go take college courses. Like, it's not like, oh, if you drop out, then that's it forever. You can never, ever go back to school and you're never going to have the opportunity to learn those things. No, you're absolutely right. Like, um, you, there's multiple options for further education yeah. in just the public school system that kids can actually use. Like, Coursera is a great um, great tool for that you can go i mean there's other companies that actually issue uh certificate programs that you can go and learn you know get your certificates at from them yeah so there's further you know resources that kids could utilize rather than just the public school system yeah yeah and uh there's a lot of really awesome homeschooling curriculum too that a lot of it's high school level so even if they wanted something a little bit more uh, organized, not just like, oh, I'm going to go on the internet and like try to teach myself all these things from YouTube videos. I mean, those resources are available. I mean, I think YouTube's a great um, tool. I mean, I think a lot of can be learned from that. Yeah. Definitely. The thing about public schools is the kids who want to learn the most are just being d- done a disservice because they can't do things like keep asking questions. Like this happened to Tim. 
It's true. Um, when I moved to West Virginia and I was enrolled to uh, public schools in grade six, um, my history teacher, who was previously a burger flipper at Burger King, because that's the lovely uh, qualifications that we have down there in West Virginia. Um, what happened was, well, as someone who's very interested in the history topic and loves learning to begin with, um, I asked too many questions. And what was I told? I was told to shut up, stop asking questions, stop disrupting the class because, you know, I'm being a burden apparently. And it's really sad that asking questions and, and legitimate questions too. I mean, it's one thing if, you know, you have kids that are just being disruptive and like asking, you know, questions that aren't relevant. But if a student is genuinely inquiring, wanting to know more information and they're told that there be that is not disruptive. I mean, that is something that could be beneficial to the whole class. Really, what that meant is either your teacher didn't know the answer right. or she just didn't want to, you know, she was just trying to breeze through the content as quickly as possible and just, you know, check off like check off the her to do list that she needed to do with the class. Well, to further that story, actually, I can uh, I can attest to that exactly that because the same teacher uh, we were learning about World War Two. And uh, I, I simply asked, well, who was the emperor of Japan during World War II? And she not only didn't say, you know, I don't know. She said, well, go look it up in Google. And, and that's, that's thing- it's such like a cop out. And that's, yeah, one, that's actually really inappropriate for a student, to, <laughs> I agree. for a teacher to say to a student, but also so shut up. it's, it's always okay to say, I don't know, but I will either, maybe this is a great um, opportunity for you to learn and maybe go see if you can look it up in your textbook and see if you can come back to the class and teach all of us that information. I mean, I think that would be a very positive and productive way to handle that situation or just saying, I don't know. But I will find that out for you, and maybe tomorrow in class I'll I'll share that with you. Exactly. You Instead know? of just you know be, be shut up, having um, an attitude exactly. about it, and that's yeah. basically what happens when you're homeschooled. Like you ask your mom a question, and if she doesn't know, she'll just tell you. I mean, if you got a good mom homeschooling you, or if you go to a like private school where you have more uh, time and it's not just a outcome based, you know, Soviet style public school system. Well. More than likely, your teacher's going to be like, let's find out together. And then they start looking into it. You maybe read the whole Wikipedia page about it or whatever, and you're actually learning a whole lot more than you would if you just checked the 10 boxes of the things that every ninth grader needs to know about World War II. Yeah, and I'm sure I would come to no surprise that I was homeschooled after that grade. So I was homeschooled from grades uh, 7 and up my high school well, years. I really and, applaud um, your parents for that too. I think that one of the most important parts about homeschooling that um, changes everything from public schooling is that if you don't understand something, you don't move on. You know, like yeah. if, if I don't understand something, we're going to keep going over the subject and over the subject and over the subject until I finally understand yeah, it. And finding different ways of explaining it. Exactly. It's not just like, you know, well, the rest of the class understands it. So if you don't, I don't care. We're going to move on anyway. Yeah. That's just like, I don't know if you've ever seen this happen, but okay. I wouldn't be the one that this happened to because I was never like super good at math. I was like past my math classes, but was never super good at it. But have you ever seen where a student figures out a shortcut or an easier way to solve a math question and the teacher tells them, nope, you can't do it that way. You have to do it the way. I remember um, learning algebra and you kind of have to, you know, write, write down your steps but if there, if I mean, for some of them, for me, I'm like, I can just do that in my head. 
Yeah. I so can if I if I know the answer, then why can't? Oh, because I have to prove that I didn't cheat. Oh yeah, that's well. The other I think thing. like like one of the things that I had an issue with in public schooling is that you know I would go home and I'd have homework and I have my parents helping me with my homework and they would show me how to do you know math problems or, or anything like that and then I would go to school and mm-hmm. I'd use the same strategy that helped me understand how to complete the math problems and I would do that in you know class and she would say well that's you know that you can't do that here because right. that's not a valid way of but doing is, math because it's just about obeying. And that's the thing. I mean, as long as you're getting the correct answer, I mean, there are different ways to solve the same problem. So exactly. It's like counterintuitive. It's like, um, yeah. And now with all the common core math, honestly, I'm being honest with you. I don't I don't have kids in public school, so I don't honestly know exactly what common core is. It's just a big, you know, hot topic. I do because I have a little brother and sister who are now 10 and 11. And it's as crazy as they say. It's like. Two plus two equals four. If you, uh, if it equals five, if you feel like it. Yeah, I'm, two plus two, two plus three I'm is approximately. Okay, I didn't four. know it was that bad. Yeah. I because thought it was like, just like a really long roundabout way of doing simple things. I didn't realize it was like oh, well, whatever you want. It's not just necessarily whatever you want, but almost like it's like well, I felt that four is close enough to five that I got the answer right. Applause no, from I the can't whole class. That. It, it it was crazy. Like, the and then they all that get they a participation do. trophy after. Probably. Well, <laughs> so I just I just heard about this because some of my my friends that have children in public school were telling me that they tr- their children come home, ask their parents for help with their homework as kids usually do, and they couldn't even figure out how to do it and then they had to follow the steps but they're like we don't know how to do these steps because this is crap and it doesn't make sense so it it almost feels like it's a barrier between parents being able to help their children and teach their children how to do stuff like, it, it almost seems intentional it is yeah. because it doesn't make sense I think it is definitely a way to make it to where kids nowadays are just dumber in general because I mean math is a a fundamental thing that helps you build upon and be able to learn other things like you're not going to do very well in physics and not just in high school but like if you want to learn that yourself you're not going to be able to understand physics if you have no concept of actual just basic addition just these principles these basic fundamentals um i think that it's a way to stunt kids growth and also like you said a way to make it to where parents and kids kind of can't communicate they kind of feel like they can't rely on their parents like my parents don't know how to do the new math they're dumb you know, well, I want to go to the phones. We have Kadu in Connecticut. Kadu, uh, what's oh, on your love, mind? I love public school. Two plus two is ice cream cone. Oh my God. But, but, you um, get ice cream cone. Have you guys watched like um, social experiments and like pranks on YouTube? Those kind of videos. Oh yes, yeah. I have definitely. Um, I just wanted to give you some entertainment for later. You might, if you take down a pencil, maybe write it down. But um. This uh, this guy, he used to always do these kind of social experiment and pranks. And I told him one time in the comments, like, you know, you're really talented. These videos are, are hilarious. Uh, the, only, the only slight problem is, like, you're pissing all these business owners off. So it makes it slightly less funny because they're, you know, they're just trying to you know, make a profit, do their job, and he cre- it creates a little bit of a climate where it's hard for them to do that, even though the videos are still really funny. So I just told him, you know, it would be better 
if you always did this in you know public places or government buildings so for like the last half year uh basically all his videos have been in uh government buildings and really stuff. he so, took oh. your uh he took your constructive <laughs> criticism think, that's awesome i think he, i think he must have or i just say that for my ego but He's got like 150,000 subscribers, so we, we basically, this guy's an activist now. Nice. So, That's uh, awesome. It's pretty funny. Uh, the, the channel is T-O-O space A-P-R-E-E, if you guys want to laugh your asses off later. A-P-P-R-E-E? No, uh, two T-O-O space A-P-R-E-E, just one P. Okay. Well, thanks so much. Uh, we right. do have a story that we're going to get into later. Uh, it's going to be short, but we got an email to us that was sent out to all the government workers in the New Hampshire State Capitol warning them that people with cameras may be coming soon. And I think that's just hilarious. In fact, I think it's just great. Act responsible. Yep. Uh, act like you're actually working or, you know, I, I just think it's ridiculous, but it's also great. It's, it, it shows a great um, thing about New Hampshire culture. The fact that the um, and not, not that they should be afraid, because that's the, that's the other thing that's so great about it is that these auditors, these First Amendment auditors aren't going in and doing anything to actually harm people or, uh, you know, hurt people or doing anything wrong. And the government agents, the way they act about it, I guess we should just get right into it. Um, we'll come back to this public school thing because it's just, uh, we're already on the topic and I think it's pretty freaking great. The way that the government goons act about being filmed by a camera just says so much about them because the fact that if you don't want light shown on you, you must be doing something dark. You know, what are you doing that you want to be, uh, in the dark, as long as you've Uh, agreed to, uh, be in the public light. I mean, obviously Well, and that's the thing, like I get like for the random receptionist or clerk lady that just happens to work at the courthouse who might not know the ins and outs of what she agreed to. I do kind of, and it is, but I do kind of, I don't necessarily think like, oh, well this lady has to be hiding something just because maybe she's, you know, just wants some privacy. Well, okay, because um, I do get that side of it, but it's also like when you're agreeing to something, especially in you know a work situation, you should know who you're working for and what you agreed to. And if she wants some privacy, another thing I wonder is, does she know that day in and day out she is doing something like processing tickets for these people that never asked to be uh, part of this system where they can get a ticket for parking in a quote-unquote wrong place or parking somewhere too long. You know, I, I don't think she's really respecting others' privacy on top of the fact that she obviously didn't read um, her agreement when she yeah, started like working for the government. Yeah, book or whatever contract they well, have I, to sign. Well, I don't think that, I mean, I think that people do reserve, you know, should have the right to privacy. But, you know, when you join a government job and you work for the people and the public, you kind of remove your right, exactly. you know, of, you know, privacy in the public eye. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of like me being like, oh, well, I don't want to be on camera because I don't like it. But there's cameras all over where I work. Exactly. Like, no, I, I took this position knowing that there might be cameras involved. And yeah. Here, here it is. Here's the email that got leaked. It's from Terrence R. Faff. P-F-A-F-F, 
Chief Operating Officer, General Court of New Hampshire, which is the state house. And he says, hi, I want to make you aware of a message to the uh, General Court of New Hampshire that suggested that many auditors with cameras will be on State House campus next Monday, July 17th. While we have had, and I trust we will continue to have random visits by the so-called First Amendment auditors, this was a specific date and time communicated. Do we know why they think that people are going to be showing up? Is, is it someone's court case? or I don't know the why, but I did hear that it's going to be Preston H. Now, and he is a great auditor in New yeah. England. I'm pretty sure he lives in New Hampshire now. And uh, apparently he announced that he's going to be there. I don't know who... Uh, how they know that many will be there, but yeah. now Ian and I plan to go and just, you know, walk around and film. Yeah, and I mean, I just wonder, it would seem to be random to just go there on a day where something's not happening. Yeah, I don't know uh, what the why would be. Okay. But, uh... Well, I guess if you guys go, you'll find out. Yep, hopefully we'll find out. Um, yeah, so she calls, or he calls them so-called First Amendment auditors, and I thought that that was pretty funny. Um, a video posted from a visit to the state house annex by an auditor, I think it was revealed to be um, Press NH now, last June may have stimulated the message relative to the potential visit Monday. While I doubt the visit will materialize, too bad for you, I wanted you to know <laughs> of the potential for it to happen just in case you may be on campus Monday. Yours in good government. Terrence R. Oh, that's how he signs. Yep. It's that like, is so weird. Like, like how people would say like, oh, in good health or yep. whatever. Well, wish it like something nice in good government. I'm going to throw up everywhere. That is terrible. Well, he's just reassuring himself of his position, I guess. Yep, exactly. It's just another case. <laughs> like of that. how much of we're a- good. We're good. You know, oh, it's just it's, how often do we have? I, to, oh, that was so cringy. I that, that really caught me off guard. I like I, I still can't get over it. How often do we have to go around calling ourselves or our jobs good? Like we're we're the we're the good radio show. On, no, you I'm, know? Gonna start, yeah. I'm gonna start signing all my emails <laughs> yeah. with the uh, with good libertarianism. Right. <laughs> yep, I just thought that that was pretty great. There's enough at auditors that these people know what they are, know what they're called, even if he said so called, and uh, they have to put out a warning. Uh, last, maybe, I don't know, back when it was winter, probably not a year ago, um, Ian, Joa, and I walked around with just cameras and my dog around the New Hampshire capital, the same place, the, what does he call it, the General Court of New Hampshire, um, just walking into the, the different rooms and filming, and this one woman who ended up being a, a witness in Frank's trial, and I recognized her that day. Oh, wow. It's so weird. Uh, she had the same haircut as Joa, which was uh, like shaved on all sides and then a ponytail on top. <laughs> and he, he even asked her, well, hold on, I'll get into it. But um, we were walked in there and we're just walking around with, I don't think Ian and I were filming, but uh, Joa was filming. We're just walking around with them. And uh, she was like, what are you doing? And he was like, I'm just filming. What's your uh, name? And she's just like, I don't have to give you that. And she does. She absolutely, according to the New Hampshire government or uh, constitution, huh. does. And she didn't know that or was lying or something. Of course not. She and probably had no clue. He started, you know, re- reading that to her or not reading, but telling her that yeah. she had to and why and everything. And she finally admitted it. Her me- name is Megan Rose. And um, she w- was acting like she was like going to cry the whole time. She was like, I just don't want you in 
this office because it is I'm just trying to do my job and all this stuff. She was being so annoying. She called the security. They came in and just like looked at me. They tried to threaten me about having a dog there. And I was like, his taxes paid for this. So no, <laughs> they, they didn't actually make me get rid of the dog because I don't think there was actually any way they could. But they're just trying to think of something. And uh, yeah, Joe was like, what's your name? And she wouldn't tell him, what's your name? And he was like, where'd you get your hair cut? And I thought that was funny. <laughs> well, I just think that's great. I think that the goons should be not not afraid like the... In actual fear for their lives, obviously, but they should be concerned that someone could walk in with a camera at any moment and film what they're doing. Because the thing is, these people know deep down, they just have to know deep down that they are doing evil things day in and day out. And that's got to tear at their soul. And that's why somebody would want to be afraid of being filmed. I just can't think of another reason that somebody who joined a public uh, service, quote unquote, job is afraid of cameras coming in. What do you think? 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. that you control 603-283-6160 is the number that you can call in with whatever is on your mind 603-283-6160 in the studio tonight you've got me bonnie mickey and tim and we've been talking about everything from first amendment auditors um, storming the capitol on june 17th in new hampshire to just public school sucking a whole lot And, you know, not being the best thing for you to choose to educate your children with. And actually, that's what we have Ricky on the line right now to talk about. Ricky, what's on your mind? Thank you there, Miss Bonnie. Sister Nikki, what would be your name, sir? I miss that. My name is Tim. Tim, pleasure to meet you there, Tim. Well, I heard you on topic, and I have way too much to listen. I'm probably going to talk about it more in the future, but I'll say this. Uh, I'm going to be 50 December 25th this year. So I actually started kindergarten at five in 1978. Now it was the second grade, I believe. And there's so many problems. I had a math test, had, I guess about 12 problems. There were stuff like to give it a simple example, 64 plus 82. Now it wasn't that, but there was stuff like that. So they give me the paper. Huh? Oh, I said, yep. Okay, the give, teacher gave me the paper. I remember it was Mr. Mrs. Cocker, be exact. I remember her well. Gave me the paper. I took it, got my thing, wrote them down. Here you go. Now, what happens is I get this paper back, and at the top, in magic marker, now keep in mind how long ago this was, a big F with a minus going off of it. I come home. My old man sitting in his chair. I walk up to him. I hand him this paper. He says, hmm, wait a minute. Puts the glasses on. He says, these are all correct. Hmm. I said, I know. I know. And uh, he said, well, okay. What happens is he calls the school, gets her on the phone. You could do that back then. 
and get away with it. Well, she gets on the phone and says, uh, I don't understand this. These are all correct. You gave him an F minus. It's not like he has a calculator or anything. <laughs> you, know? you know what her answer was? What? I needed to see the work. Uh, he says, I don't understand. He don't have a calculator. He must know how to do it. She refused to change that grade. But that was just the beginning. You know, what is it? Uh, Tim was saying about history. Now, I'm going to talk more about the future, about your request. But I had two things that were filled in my head from five on up. And that was Thomas Jefferson and the Civil War, especially the Confederacy. So when it finally came by, I had a problem because I knew the truth. Because I read not only books, but I talked to people. There was a woman lived next door to me that died in 85. She was 86 years old. She told me firsthand not only about the Great Depression, but stuff that was fresh passed down to her from the Civil War. So when it finally came, I said, oh, my God. This is lies, and there's a spin on it. Plus, it was poorly administered. And here's the big problem. They poorly administer information, but one thing you never gain from public school, even college, is something that I had early on, insight. That was what made Ricky from the Commonwealth, even then that person throughout was insight. And without insight, knowledge is useless. It's like a computer that processes, you know? Yeah, because that's the trivium. It's first you put in the grammar. Second is the insight, a.k.a. like input and then computing. This is how you learn. You input, then you compute. You have to actually learn about it. You have to actually come to a place of understanding. And then the last thing is output. Like you can actually say that that you understand and put it into your own words type of thing. That's actual learning, but they don't uh, care if kids have that kind of understanding and um, school, they just want you to memorize, 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 and, you know, blurt things out. You know what I always say to people when it comes to the Civil War? Here's how to do it. This is amusing insight. Start in 1859. That's where you start, you know? And once you start to do that, the whole Civil War from that point onward, as you follow it in course of events, it's going to have a course of events. It's not going to go with honest Abe. It's not going to go with the public school system, none of that. So what you're but saying is, think, basically, hmm? you, you had a, a kind of a special interest for your age at the time. You know, knew facts that the teacher probably didn't know at all. Oh, yeah, and-, and there was so much other stuff. And you know what made it even worse? I will tell you this. It got worse, because by the time I was in the sixth grade, I was on a high school level. By the time I was at high school, I was at college level. When I entered into the fifth grade, I remember telling my teacher, little did I know, what this was. I said, you know, this stuff is beneath me and beneath everybody else. She said, you know what? That's the curriculum. You just do it. Wrong answer to me. You know what my answer was? Nobody paid as much attention to my, their grades as I did because I did basically almost nothing. I did just enough to pass. I love those choose your own assignments, 40-page essays. They hated me. To me, the faculty from that point on was the enemy. I have stories beyond belief, and someday I'll tell them. But you can just imagine, Miss Bonnie, the rookie from the Commonwealth today, throughout kindergarten on up. I wasn't that much different because I was just as political now as I was in those early years. And they were the enemy. And they're even more one now. Well, thank you so much for your call, Ricky. I, I just think that that kind of sounds like a traumatic experience. And I just believe that that's kind of what public schools are. They 
cause unnecessary trauma to people yeah. who are just trying to live their lives or, or maybe just trying to learn. And it's just really dumb that and you know, the easiest example, you know, I gave it earlier and Ricky gave it again of doing the arithmetic in your head and then writing down the number. That happens a lot. And it it's just absolutely insane to me to punish students for being smart. I was, you know, these students are so intelligent that they can just do the math in their head and just write down the correct answer, but they're being punished for it. And because they need to, sometimes you can't even understand how, you know, you do it. You don't understand the steps that they want you to take. You can just do it in your head because it's obvious. Yep. And and the thing that was really weird about Ricky's story is like it, I almost understand you have to show your work nowadays with 30 kids in the class and you could easily be just grabbing the answer from the person next to you and uh like calculators on computers but ricky in 1985 who didn't have a calculator that's just that's completely just you have to do obedience training you know it's ridiculous but continuing on here we have this article we started last uh segment or maybe two segments ago from the american spectator called let kids drop out why compulsory education harms even the most gifted students um, so basically, she started off explaining that the COVID-19 really has um, created a learning loss for students who had to shift to virtual learning. And she says, to right the wrongs of the pandemic, the solution is more school, at least in North Carolina, where lawmakers are alarming, alarmed by rising dropout rates. That's not what she's saying that her answer would be, but that's what North Carolina is forcing on people. It says a bipartisan bill would raise the age of compulsory education from 16 to 18, a requirement held by a majority of the states already. But is attending school until 18 really the best way to prepare for entering the workforce or have policymakers just lost their imaginations? A New Hampshire representative, Travis Corcoran, has not lost his imagination. He recently introduced HB 399, which would give New Hampshire students a way to test out of high school and receive a high school equivalency certificate. In an interview with the American Spectator, he called the state's public schools super expensive government run schools that cater to the lowest common denominator and have a multi decade long track record of accomplishing precious little. So, what he's talking about is basically just getting your GED, except calling it a high school diploma is that what's going on here so testing out a, so you can get your high school diploma instead well, of it says a high school equivalency okay so that would be a ged be then a GED. but that people can already do that so i don't understand well apparently there's not a way because he says in new hampshire he needed to pass this law to make it to where people can test out and receive the highs that's i think what you're uh saying is like just drop out and then get a ged so i see what you're saying maybe this is a little different than a ged it kind of sounds like you know in order to drop out he has to pass a test kind of sounds like that yeah i i don't know i didn't actually read the whole bill or and i don't know what the um difference between the high school equivalency certificate is and a ged i think that is i think it's the same thing or or maybe he's talking and that's and that's what i'm saying Maybe he's talking about in this bill because it, it does look uh, the GED is essentially the same thing as a high school diploma. But when you look at someone's resume and it says GED instead right. of high school diploma, it looks bad. 
Maybe. To, I mean, to a lot of employers, it looks bad. It doesn't look as good as, you know, finishing high school. Well, that's, that's true. And, like, especially with a lot of colleges now, like, um, yeah, a lot of colleges, like, I mean, GEDs are not as, you know, openly accepted. I mean, yeah. even homeschool diplomas aren't as openly accepted yeah. as a high school diploma. That. And that's kind of, it's so ridiculous because, yeah. you know, sometimes people with a GED or a homeschool diploma is more educated. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want to actually. Diploma more educated child they want somebody who's done the obedience training exactly. yeah but but basically so if if this bill would make it so students could test out and still receive a high school diploma instead of a GED i think that would be excellent yeah i think so too it says corkan's bill is the latest instance of a conservative education policy i don't think he's really conservative but um that sets itself apart by pledging to promote freedom he emphasizes that his bill does not necessarily present the choice to drop out. Students are still free to choose to attend a faith-based school or no school at all after receiving the certificate. Wait, oh, it does not necessarily present the choice to drop out. So you can receive the certificate and then still continue going to school? I don't really get that. Um, yeah, because once you have, like, once you graduate, right, or have your diploma, then you can't go back to high school then it's kind of done. So it seems like they could get that certificate of completion and then still maybe go to a private school if they wanted to. I don't I don't see why you would. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really but, see why you would. I mean, it sounds like if you're leaving high school, I mean, if you're going to do any further education, yeah. you just go to college. Yeah, right, or, college. Or or just kind of transfer out of high school and then go to whatever private school and but, then get your high school diploma there. It yeah, just seems, I don't I don't see why you would understand. need to like graduate, I don't think, from high school in order to go to a private school though. Yeah, it's a little weird. It says the bill he writes is for exceptional students who can prove that they have mastered all of the content expected of average students and more. The stakeholders who support the bill include tons of homeschoolers, gifted students, tutors who work with gifted students and others. He continues, he says that the bill's opponents are Democrats and public school (laughs) teachers who live off tax dollars. Yep, sounds legit. Yep says, several gifted teenagers I spoke to told me that, in fact, they'd rather go to college, engage in independent study, or research nuclear power preparatory to a career in the Navy. While the newfound scrutiny of compulsory education, at least as Cora can envisions it, could benefit the most gifted students, it could also benefit those who struggle the most. In his 2020 book, the Cult of Smart, How Our educa- or Broken Education System Perpetuates Social Injustice. Frederick de Boer describes students who know superstar teacher, charter school, or standardized test can, uh, preparation can help. De Boer, who taught at both K-12 and collegiate level, is one of the few people on the left who acknowledges inherent differences in academic ability. Schools, he says should close skill gaps that exist because of socioeconomic status. The uh, De Boer argues that when significant skill gaps remain, students should be able to drop out at age 12. And I think they should. Well, I mean, you know, if a kid doesn't really have any strive to go places with their future, you know, they don't want to go to college, they don't want any form of professional career for themselves and anything like that, and their parents aren't pushing them for anything like that, I mean, why would a couple more years of high school change anything? Yeah, yeah like you know? why waste time and resources on exactly. people that aren't really going to, to do anything of that information? And it just they seems... They don't want it. 
And that's the thing, too. So it's like even if you force them to complete high school, they're not going to retain any of that information. They're not going to do anything with anything that they're learning. They're actually not even learning. So why force them to be somewhere where they're miserable, where when they could go out, get a job, make some money for themselves and, you know, you start start their life in that way. Because, start focusing on whatever they actually do care about. Because yeah. so, somebody who doesn't like math, history, and English may really like art. And yeah. I don't think that just because they offer art in school that the most, um, you know, artistic kid necessarily is going to thrive in there. They might just thrive going off and doing things themselves. Plus, there's the freaking internet. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yep. Stupid. It says the chalk beat, I guess that's a newspaper, notes that data on dropouts are hard to come by. Available data seems to support DeBoer's proposal. The top rated reasons for dropping out of high school, according to the National Dropout Prevention Center, include chronic absenteeism and not liking school. Some of these students, as the National Dropout Prevention Center notes, receive insufficient support from their families or their schools. Others are likely the students described by DeBoer who find school unbearable because of their ability level. Well, I think that, you know, the majority of kids who go to school um, suffer bullying and bullying is a major issue that a lot of kids, you know, have and it's a traumatic experience for most of them. So, you know, if they don't want to go to school and they're not learning to begin with because they're stressed over bullying, I mean, why force them to be in that environment when it's just going to yeah. cause more trauma to them? I know. And it's also, you know, the with the whole school shooters thing. And I don't that I'm on the fence, whether that is not obviously it's real, but, you know, maybe they're being groomed by the FBI. Who yeah. knows? But um, typically, you know, you hear of the scenario, the kid that's been bullied for years and years and years. And finally, he snaps and says, I if I've had enough of being forced to go to school and being bullied by all these people and they bring their, you know, dad's gun to school. So like, that's the typical story that you hear. So it's like, yeah, why force people to be in a situation where they don't feel safe and they're unhappy? It just, it, it just really doesn't make sense. And I've also heard of students going to their guidance counselors, go into their teachers and saying, Hey, I don't feel safe here. Um, you know, I'm having all of these, legitimate issues here whether it's bullying or mental health or just generally not enjoying school and it doesn't seem like a lot of the like supportive staff cares well i think that you know if kids who are bullied and are depressed because of such you know had the option to opt out i think that would be a lot better solution than you know their guidance counselor or their parents just you know pumping them full of pharmaceuticals yeah yep and that's the thing. When the, these kids uh, shoot up schools a lot of time, they're on pharmaceuticals. So probably yeah. did happen just like what you guys are saying. They went to the guidance counselor, maybe, or they got sent to the guidance counselor because they've been acting up. And it turns out they're depressed. And then, oh, we'll just take this antidepressant. And then they're still being bullied. The root problem that they're a human being being forced to do something they don't want to do is still there. And then they end up shooting the schools up. I could see it. I, I, I mean, I don't necessarily think that they're all real like some of them might just be straight up fbi like fake things that happened i mean whether it's real or not or you know if the fbi is um you know grooming kids into becoming mass shooters i mean bottom line is you know those kids who are going to these schools i mean they have to have some kind of fear because bottom line or not whether you know they're groomed or not kids are dying in these schools yeah so they there's some kind of you know connection there 
and yeah, the, the kids who aren't even being bullied or anything have to go to school every day fearful because they hear about it on the news all the time. Exactly. And that's like not that a good happen. environment for a kid to learn in. Any kind of like traumatic environment, it just seems to me would be the worst place to actually learn because... Because like learning is the last thing that you're thinking about. Yeah. yeah when you're in that, you exactly. know, like stressed out fight or flight mode. Exactly. Like, your your you know, brain can't remember all that stuff. You know, what's going to happen if I go to the bathroom by myself? What's going to mm. happen, you know, if I don't get to class on time? What's going to happen if this or that? You know, instead of just focusing on, oh, look, I have to do this math problem. That's not the top of their list. Yeah, they have all these like terrible things going on in their social lives that really are so unnecessary. An- like, yeah, exactly. And that's another thing. Like the amount of like schooling is for learning. Schooling is for education. It's not like a social life. And I think that a lot of people, especially kids, you know, mix that up. Yeah, I mean, I I was really shown when I did that dual enrollment program where I was taking college courses. So it went from me being in school, what is it, eight hours a day, yeah. to me being in school for two hours a day because you know you're it's you know the same schedule as a colleges operate. So like you're only getting four hours of a class per week, but I was still learning, and that really showed me, huh. Maybe the whole reason of public school is just to babysit kids and teenagers for eight hours a day and not to actually learn because it just doesn't seem like a very efficient model of teaching anyone how to do stuff. Like, why why do you need to do math every single day when it's proven that you could do math twice a week and still learn the same amount of information? And maybe you have to do a little bit more, you know, independent work. No, no, absolutely. I can agree with that because, you know, when I was in public schools, you know, we had an eight hour long school day and you had useless things like, you know, you had art class that most kids didn't want to be in. You had a health class that most people didn't even pay attention in. You had a lot of these useful, like useless classes that most kids would not even pay attention in. And, you know, when I got homeschooled, I was able to do that same hour day and learn more than I was in public school in a four-hour, three-hour period. Yeah. So because there's less distractions, I'm just able to focus on what I'm supposed to learn. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. What you want to learn a lot of the times, like, I don't know, when I was homeschooled, all the basic things, I naturally just wanted to learn them, like how to read. I, I specifically was just like, oh, tell me how to write my name when I was a little kid, and then my mom taught me how to read it, write it, and then I just wanted to learn how to read. I would I, like ask her to teach me every day because I just wanted to be able to read from that on. You want to be like your older sister, or you just think it's cool that, like, oh, tell me how to spell my name, and then from there it's like, how do you spell the cat's name? You know, a kid yeah. will naturally want to learn the, like, you don't have to force them to learn the, um, like, the fundamentals, and then from there... I, I can't say that every parent would be a good homeschool teacher or anything like that, but my mom was, and basically she didn't have to force me into these subjects I wasn't interested in because the principles I was already like interested in because I wanted to learn, and then I got to like choose a book or whatever, you know, choose a next subject. Maybe sometimes she would just give me some options, and uh, I never felt like I was just like being forced to learn something I didn't want to learn. It also seems like a great, like, evil master plan to break up families because previously, you know, for hundreds of years, that's how children learned from their parents. So instead of, you know, having, keeping the family together, all of the siblings and, you know, having, you know, that quality bonding time with your kids and to teach them, you know, morals and ethics and, and principles and all of these things that, you you know, you believe in and want your kids to also believe in. Instead, they're learning all of that from some random teacher. I mean, you can't tell me that 
a stranger cares more about my kids than I do. Exactly. You know, and it's like, what are they teaching them? Like, do do my beliefs align with this random public school teacher? I doubt it. And um, it's really true about the family thing, because I hadn't thought much about that specific aspect. But me and my siblings, other than my sister who went like crazy, you know, I just don't talk to her. We're all really, really close. And I've always thought like, it's probably just because we're a bunch. We have a bunch of kids like I grew up with them. But that that's definitely a big factor. The fact that I didn't have to be separated from them all day for the beginning, the first, uh, I think, four years of my well, well, the first nine years of my life. So first four years of when other kids start getting separated from their family and other siblings all day. Um, yeah, we we're always really close. And like I look at people like Ian, he has one sister that's only four years younger than him and he doesn't talk to her. Well, I mean, bottom line is uh, no one's going to care more about the kid than their parent. Yeah. So the parent's going to try harder, you know? Yeah. I mean, in, in cases where the parent doesn't care as much, I still think it's better to not be them being forced to be in a place where well, you are guaranteed they don't care. And, and don't get me wrong. There, there are, for every person homeschooling isn't the solution and that's why i mean there are some fabulous pub, uh, private schools and like they're homeschooling like collaborative type of things that or um you, there are other options for parents who either don't want to homeschool their kids or for children that that's not a good fit they're um, better in like a larger group of kids there are solutions to this that aren't necessarily public school well i mean there's also like even homeschooling communities as well you know where you know if a parent doesn't have the time to homeschool their kids but they want to homeschool their kids there's parents willing to be like okay well we're gonna have a schooling session in my house you know on thursday so bring your kids and we'll teach them for you yeah and there's a lot of resources when you move to a place like where you already know that the community there is like-minded like that that's what we're doing here in new hampshire for the free state project Well, we'll be on uh, tomorrow night at 7 to 10 Eastern Time again. In the meantime, you can go to freetalklive.com. Peace. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Ward. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com